welcome to episode 83 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan, and joining me again tonight are Ash and Mark. Gentlemen, first things first, I want to thank both of you for being uh, uh, very understanding and flexible and figuring out when in the hell we were going to record this week. Uh, we were recording tonight. We were recording Wednesday. We were recording tomorrow. Power outages fucking suck, so thank you guys for being flexible. I hope you are... Uh, both doing well. Ash, how are you feeling this evening? Exhausted. Yeah? Is work... Oh, no, it's probably not work. It's probably you're getting ready to move, right? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. What a pain, man. Did you get that railing done for your stairs? <laughs> Mahogany. Nice. <laughs> and how about you, Mark? How's everything going this evening? I'm good. I'm looking forward to getting my medal of patience uh, from you. Uh, for this week's uh, recording schedule, so uh, that is yes. in the mail. Something else I want to nail to my wall. Hell's yeah! I like worm during sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, I, I, that's I do, the, I do the American Psycho thing, and yep. I look at myself in the mirror, and I Flex. put my other hand, I put my other hand on my on my ass, and I just give myself yeah. winks. Oh, yeah. man. God, so I am good. turned on already, so and we're good. not even a minute into this just, thing. Just have the metal slamming against my chest, you know? <laughs> I get bruises. I get chest bruises. Oh, God. So, to... I mean, really? Already? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So... Tonight we are continuing our Scream Factory arc with a review of 1984's Ninja 3, The Domination. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to move on to round 19 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge. So, looking forward to both of those. But, right out of the gate, we need to take another second here to send a huge thank you to Nathan A. for our most recent U.S. iTunes Store review. Nathan says that this is a, and I quote, fun movie podcast featuring hosts with good chemistry with each other. The podcast provides the same feeling of shooting the breeze with your friends about movies, making it an engaging and entertaining listen, end quote. So that is just fucking awesome, Nathan. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to review the show. We really, really appreciate it. Um, nothing gets me quite as excited when it comes to this podcast as looking over at iTunes and seeing a brand new review. I love it. Um... And I'd love to be able to send a, a new thank you out each and every show. I'm getting a little spoiled now. You know, we've gotten two in the past couple of weeks here. Um, so if you do like what you're hearing, please be like Nathan. Head on over to whichever iTunes store it is that you use and leave us that review. Let us know what you like about the show. And if there's anything we need to do differently, please let us know that as well. So once again, a huge thank you to Nathan for that review. We really appreciate it. Is Nathan A. a Canadian? Uh He's on the U.S. iTunes store, so I'm guessing not. Oh, okay, so it's not spelled E-H? It's like Nathan A, like an <laughs> apple, then? Is that what you're saying? No, it's just the letter A, yep, exactly. Oh, I thought maybe it was like H with a question mark, so. Right, I kind of wish it was you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of our incredible listeners, uh, remember that you guys can help us decide which film we're going to re be reviewing for week five of this arc by going to cinefessions.com and voting for your choice in the right-hand sidebar right there on the homepage. You can't miss it, so make sure you tell us what it is you would like to have us review out of the four options listed there. And just to jog your memory, those four options are uh, Mark chose Cat People from 1982, yeah. Ash chose Dark Summer from 2015, oh, so dark. Yep, I chose Terror Train from 1980, mm -hmm. and we have a... <laughs> 
listener's pick of Cherry Falls from 2000. So again, head on over to to uh, cinefessions.com and vote for whichever Scream Factory release you'd like us to review on the fifth and final week of this Scream Factory arc. And that poll, remember, is going to close on Sunday, March 19th at 11.59 p.m. So make sure you get on there and vote for your favorite. And we also want to remind you guys, you can interact with us in a few different ways on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And finally, you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show. Uh, 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. We haven't had a, um, a lot of activity on that recently, so I would love to have something from one, any of our listeners on there. And the first person that leaves us a voicemail, um, it, it has to be someone new, someone that hasn't won anything in the past. Anyone that leaves us a voicemail at that 302-448-TALK, and you do have to use the one before it, Leave us that voicemail, and I'll shoot you out something your way as a prize. Uh, we'll get hooked up in, in whatever way possible. It'll be some random movie from my collection. So make sure you hit it up. Let us know uh, what you're liking, what, you, what you're not, um, any upcoming arc ideas you have. Basically, anything you can think of that you want to talk about on the show, you want to be part of this show, let us know using that voicemail, and we'd love to uh, hook you up with something just for taking the time to do that. So, Also, make sure you're following our Cinefessions Instagram account. Mark is uh, taking the lead on that, and he's doing a great job of that. So make sure you guys give that a follow if you haven't already. And you can also like our Facebook page. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash cinefessions and check out a long list of past reviews and all previous 82 podcast episodes at cinefessions.com. I actually, on my day off the other day, um, updated our podcast arcs page and so it lists all the arcs that we did in our star ratings for each episode. Ooh. And, yep, so that's up to date now, up through um, this current arc. That's not on there yet, obviously. Um, and then I did update our review archives page, which is just loaded with tons and tons of reviews. So definitely check those out if you guys are interested in seeing what else we have to offer at Cinefessions. So... Last but not least, we're proud to tell you that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible's offering all of our listeners a free audiobook download with that 30-day trial so everyone can get a chance to to check out what it is that they have to offer. So there's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle devices. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash cinefessions. All right, so Ash, what have you been doing this past week? Um, let's see. I finished up um, uh, Deadliest Catch on Hulu. Uh, they did not have season twelve, which I was bummed about. Uh, but apparently that might be showing up in like June or July, like either before or just after the new season starts airing on um, Discovery. So okay, there's that. Um, but I actually like started diving into the Netflix um, low budget sci fi pool again, and uh, oh, oh dear God! Um, <laughs> let's see. So um, I did watch Sinister for the first time. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Actually, How'd you like that? Yeah, I, it's actually better than I thought it would be. Um, my wife didn't like it. Really, I, I I was kind of eh on it. I mean, I oh the well, it visually it was great. I mm-hmm. like the performances and stuff, but the problem is, 
I didn't get any sense of like I felt the whole movie I knew what was coming um and that it just it didn't uh there was no like sense of suspense it's just like okay this is he you know he watches this this is gonna happen he watches this Mm -hmm. this is gonna happen you know I think the only jump scare I got and I should have seen it coming was like the very last like two second shot Um, okay but uh I mean overall I thought it was an interesting idea I just didn't think it was executed well enough it just wasn't scary to me I guess okay it's my problem See what I loved about it are the like the videos that they show of the of like the bad things happening. I guess <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. The best of the, the film, yeah, like those. That's so good. I love that aspect of it. Yeah, I did. Like um, that. I, it was that was interesting. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, there was some interesting aspects to it. It just it didn't. I don't know. Like. Like, there were so many moments that it could have been really scary, and it just, it wasn't. And I, the other thing I didn't like, there was a lot of, like, it was really dark lighting, so you couldn't see anything. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're supposed to be seeing something here, but they've lit this so poorly, I can't see shit, except for the dude holding the flashlight. So, the, you know, that was an issue, I guess. But, I, I for the most part, it was pretty good. Um... Uh, so I, I have I'm not seen the a, sequel yet. Uh, I haven't seen the sequel either. I don't. I don't know that I'll go looking for it because I mm-hmm. saw mediocre reviews for that, and uh, so I was just kind of like, "Eh, if it comes on Netflix, I'll watch it." But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I saw it last summer, and it really isn't worth your time. Oh, oh that okay. sucks. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. So I give I give Sinister two out of four. Okay, um, um, Mark, did you like the first Sinister? I thought it was okay. You know, okay. um, I, I was, I'm not wild about the, the, the whole series. Um, yeah, I think it was just okay. Yeah. Middle of the road, Ge- really. Guess what my IMDB rating was. No, those are of course out of 10. Oh, out of 10. And you were, you were 12 then. Um, <laughs> not 12. I'm thinking five, four years ago. It's probably maybe even three when I saw it three years ago. I'm thinking you probably give it eight out of 10. Ooh, very close. I gave it a nine out of 10. Oh my God. <laughs> I really like that one a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna have to mute his ass. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why you oh. would give it nine. That's almost I really per- liked. It. It's almost a perfect score. It is. It's <laughs> right. No, I'm sure I gave it four stars. If I go back and look, which oh. I'm not doing right now, but I'm oh. sure I gave it four stars out of four. Why am I sweating? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Ash, continue. So I don't have to listen to Mark anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, well, the next one I watched was Blazing Saddles, which I had only ever watched edited on TV. Uh, oh. It's also on Netflix now. Um, I actually think the edited for TV version is slightly better. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, It. it's really... I mean, it's it's Mel Brooks, but it's mm-hmm. it's very rough and raw Mel Brooks. Like the editing isn't very good, and and some <laughs> of the performances are kind of eh. Um, I mean, Gene Wilder's fantastic. Cleavon Little's great. Madeline Kahn is awesome as always. But then the rest of the cast is just kind of some of it's funny, some of it's eh. I don't know. It just I don't you know. know. I think I, I like own the- Mel Brooks more than earlier Mel Brooks. But. Okay. Yeah, I own the Mel Brooks like Blu-ray collection, and it's and I'm pretty certain it's on there, and it's still one I haven't seen. There's a, there's quite a number of his that I haven't seen, um, like Spaceballs, oh. 
comes what? to mind is one of the few that I actually have only – that I've seen. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I haven't seen like Young Frankenstein, oh, Blazing Young Saddles. Young Frankenstein's classic. I love Young Frankenstein. Yeah. But, uh, I, I own them. I just got to watch them. Yeah. Uh, I, it was fun. It just – I don't know. It just – some of the jokes just fell flat. I don't know whether it's just because I, I'm so used to the edited for TV version or what. Right. Um. So eh, I gave it a two out of four. Um, okay. Okay. I mean, the the quality is good on Netflix if you really want to watch it. So, uh, if you don't own the DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever. Um, right. The next one I watched was kind of awful. Um, I picked it because Michael Cutlitz is in it. Uh, who was um the commish, right? It, well, no, he was uh, on Walking Dead. He's um, Abraham on Walking Dead. <laughs> I think I'm Michael Chiklis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but Melanie Griffith's in it too. Um, she's she doesn't she's got like top billing on Netflix, but she's only in like maybe twenty minutes of the movie. Oh, um, so yeah, um, a lot of it is Michael Ch- Michael Cutlass doing voiceover and talking and stuff like that. And looking forlorn, which he does really well, but it's a really fucking boring movie. Holy shit. What was that one called? Dark Tourist. Oh, yep, I've heard about that one. Okay. Um, yeah, and when it when it goes like disturbing, it's really fucked up. Um, but it's just like I I don't know, it it it's one of those movies that it's like an hour and twenty minutes long. And mm-hmm. honestly, if it had been like a half hour or 40 minutes and they trimmed like a whole shitload of stuff off of this, it'd probably be a lot better. Um, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's kind of like a character study on this dude and this dude's really fucking boring. And then you realize he's really fucked up and it's just like, eh, yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I am. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a lot that was off. Um, has Melanie Griffith done anything good since Milk Money? Um, she was in a movie with uh, Antonio Banderas that I watched last year. Um, she was in it with him. Um, was some Android movie, and she was one of the oh, scientists. Automata? Huh? Is that Automata? Uh, automata? Uh, yeah, auto- automata. Yeah. Automata. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they say things differently in Canada. Apparently <laughs> <Fairly> so. <laughs> but yeah that one was pretty good i like that one um but her character is pretty good in this and she does really well in it it's just they i don't know i i just i couldn't get into michael cutlass's character at all and he's like considering he's like carrying the movie you know that that doesn't work and it's just it's dark broody and it never gets out of dark and broody and doesn't do Mm -hmm. much so yeah, I I don't recommend that one. I mean, if you're interested in like like really dark, broody, and depressing movies that make you want to put your head and through your nowhere. yeah, and go nowhere, you make you want to put your head through the wall. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I gave Dark Tourist a one out of four. Okay. Um, and then uh, the rest of my time was spent uh, watching uh, the Continuum uh, sci-fi series. Oh, okay. I've not seen. I heard that was pretty good, though. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I I actually started watching that because Rachel Nichols is in it, and yeah. uh, but no, the the rest of the cast is actually really good, so that helps. Cool. But uh, yeah, so that was pretty much it for me. 
awesome. And Mark, don't feel bad. I called Moana. I called it Mona a couple episodes ago, and I caught shit for that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. So. Yeah, well, you know, we all make um, mistakes. Absolutely. So yeah, I didn't do a, a whole hell of a lot this week. Um, I spent a lot of hours playing NHL 17, um, but I didn't play a lot of games. I just did a lot of simming and like trying to build a team. So what I did, I went in and made the Vegas Golden Knights on NHL 17, which took me forever because, okay. I, you know, I got to like, I just get stupid with it and are trying to make the... Are the jerseys available on the website? No, you oh, got to yeah. make them. Oh. So I, mine don't look anything what the jerseys are going to look like, but I said, fuck it. Like I'm bored with this. I want to do something else. Okay. And so, and then I found like better looking jerseys, but I've already started my franchise. So I couldn't go like I edited them and I created a team, but they don't. They don't get changed in the franchise I created, so I'm shit out of luck with these like shitty gold jerseys that look like shit. But that's all right. Um, so anyway, I uh, started a new franchise because I haven't really played NHL 17 much at all. Just a couple games here and there, and I never, I like, just wasn't clicking with me. The same with NHL 16, and frankly, NHL 15. Like NHL 14 and t- 13, 12. Like I played the hell out of those games. But ever since 15, I didn't really touch it much because 15, I ended up buying on, I think I owned it on on both last gen and this gen, but this gen was really like bad. Like they didn't even have a, a fantasy draft. They didn't have a draft from what I remember. Like it was just really bad port of the game. Um, and so I didn't play much of that. And then 16, I was just into Madden pretty much all year last year. So I didn't play much of that. Um, and so the 17, I just haven't touched because I've been all about FIFA. Um, but anyway, so I decided to start a new, a new fantasy draft and I drafted my team. I started simming through the seasons. Um, like I said, I try to play the games, but like, there just aren't that fun for me. Really? Um, it's either me killing my opponent, opponent seven to nothing, or I can't score for four straight games. Like, which li- that literally happened. I couldn't score a goal in four games at the NHL level. I did play one AHL game in between there. I like took over in overtime and I scored an overtime goal. But other than that, there was four games at the NHL level that I couldn't score a goal. Like it was so obnoxious. Um, and so like, I'm trying to find the, the mix that works for me and I just haven't found it yet. I might've found it on my last game, but I only played one game before I went to bed and then I lost power the next day. So I didn't get a chance to try it yesterday, but so I might be on the right track, but we'll see. Um, my team sucks though, <laughs> which I thought I drafted a really good team. Um, and then like the first season we, did pretty well. And then we got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. I think we got swept actually. Um, then I finished like seventh from last and out of the playoffs the next season, then second to last last season, or that might've been vice versa or whatever, but my team's terrible. Um, but it's been fun trying to building up to be a contender. So like, I've just been at the deadline. If I'm doing really shitty, I've just been selling. Okay. And so just trying to get draft picks and just better players, younger players. Um, so, I mean, that's fun. It's, I don't know. I'm not honestly not having that much fun with it yet. I keep doing it. Like it's, I just keep coming back to it. I don't, it, some games just do that to me, I guess. And this is one of them, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, I did buy Moana on 3d Blu-ray, but I haven't watched that one yet. Um, I ended up buying FIFA 17 because it was finally on sale. It was only 20 bucks. Um, and so I bought it on the PlayStation network um, obviously FIFA 16, I've talked about a lot on here. I am absolutely in love with the game. I played f- over 65 hours now. Like I love the game. Um, but I've heard that they, like they do the MLS better in 17 and they have this really cool mode that I wanted to try. And it's like a, basically like a be a pro, like you take one player and take him through a career. Yeah. Um, 
and they have that with in FIFA 17, this, this brand new mode. Um, and so I really wanted to try that. And so it finally dropped to 20 bucks. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Um, but man, I am disappointed. Now, I'm honestly not sure because I really think that my PlayStation 4 is just dying. Um, it is really slow. I did do, I forget what it was called, but I did something that one of my buddies on Twitter told me to try. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to help. Um, since then, it's been moving a lot quicker. But I don't know. This game... I never had this problem at all with FIFA 16, which I have on the Xbox One. And like, I'm, pa- I'll pass the ball and it just like the game like slows down to a crawl. Um, and it does it a lot. And I don't understand what the deal is. I looked it up online and people were saying that it has like known frame rate issues. But I did a lot. Of, I read a lot of reviews on the game before I bought it and did a lot of reading about it in general before I ended up buying it. And nothing I read beforehand said anything about this. So I feel like if it was, if it was like this on everybody's system, if it was this crippling, that I would have read about it and known about it, and frankly, I wouldn't have bought it. Like I feel like I, I feel like I got swindles, swindled yeah. by nobody, obviously, but other than myself from reading all these reviews, thinking, "Yeah, this can be awesome," but it's almost unplayable. Like I, I can't. I haven't played it since like the second or third day I got it because uh, I just I got sick of it. Um, so frankly, I'll probably just go back to FIFA 16, and that's twenty dollars down the drain, and just deal with it. But uh, so disappointing. So it might just be the frame rate issues that everybody experiences, but I really think my PS4 is just taking a dive. Is it but, every game or just that game? Um, it's that game in terms of doing that specifically. That that's not true. It's that game. You know, it's downloaded games because I noticed it on that one, and I noticed it on Grand Theft Auto Three, which I downloaded. Uh, uh off PSN hard drive not your ps4 my hard drive i i it's my i have the whatever it came with hard drive and i didn't change anything on it it still could be dying yeah um that's interesting because i know you can replace the internal hard drive in it yeah you could try um i don't know if i don't know if the the ps4 has like yeah the ps4 has a disc jack you could have it go through and uh and check it um but i don't remember how to do it off the top of my head it's called a disc check yeah, it like okay. Like if you uh, if you power off your PS4 like by unplugging it while it's running, like oh know, right, yep. It, it when it boots up, it does a disc check. Well, there's a right. way to automatically or to have it do that without you know yanking the power. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't remember what it is because I'll try that. Yeah, and I wonder because now finally they added the external hard drive support, so I'm gonna hook up an external hard drive to it now that I can. Hmm. Uh, I just got to buy another one. I have like six laying around here, but all of them are in use for other items. So I'll need to get another one, but I'll definitely try that and see if maybe if I delete it from my system and download it onto the external hard drive, that would give the same effect, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I'll try that. That's a good idea. Thanks, Ash. I'll give that a try. Okay. And I think that's pretty much it for my week. Um, Power was out last night. We were going to hit the movies, but I ended up not watching Ninja on my day off. So I had had to watch it last night on my laptop in the dark so that was fun um and so we didn't hit the movies we just ate dinner and came back home so all right mark what about you i know you went to the theater the other day i did i did a lot of stuff oh my god well can we can talk about it together yeah. So so let's lead with that. Um so No spoilers. No no, oh fuck no. I won't. Um so uh I went to go see Logan on Tuesday. Awesome. Uh, after a few other films and uh 
I would have to say we've, in my personal opinion, this is the first time that the real Wolverine showed up on film and is acting like Wolverine actually would, you know, um, the fight scenes are fantastic where he just lets loose. Like this is not a PG PG 13 X-Men. This is an R rated X-Men and there's blood, uh, I saw some boobies earlier, which I really popped for. Um, but like <laughs> he he fights like he's got nothing to, nothing to lose anymore, you know. Um, so he uses those claws and he uses them well. Um, it's it, really he fights. I'll kind of again. I haven't seen the early X movies in a long time. Yeah, but he never really goes crazy in a in a graphic way. Best they, of my recollection. They were going for the PG-13. So right. I, the most graphic they've probably gotten with it was the fight between Sabretooth and uh, and uh, Logan and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Because they got um, healing factors so they can, you know, do it to each other, right? Yeah. Um, but the other one would probably be uh, X-2 where the soldiers are raiding the mansion. But they do with a lot of clever cutting. But Wolverine just goes ape shit in that one, and he's you know stabbing people and everything else. But there's you know they're down on the ground, and he just sinks his claws down. You don't yeah. actually see it going in. Where this one, yeah, you see everything. You see like like <laughs> impalements. You see you see stabbings, cuttings of limbs. Um, it's it's great, but not so. The action is good, but then Hugh Jackman as an old Logan. And uh, Patrick Stewart as an old Charles Xavier, um, mm-hmm. like this is this isn't just a comic book movie, but it, it's really it wasn't for the action scenes. It's it's a really touching drama, you know. Yes. Um, I thought it was really well carried out. I have no complaints about it, uh, at least not that come to mind right now. Uh, but I saw this with uh, with uh, my girlfriend, Melissa, and uh, her roommate, Adam. And uh, we all were in agreement that it was a fantastic film. Um, so I don't know, Ash, if you have anything else to say without spoiling the film here. But uh, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I gave it five to, uh, five stars on Letterboxd. So it's a four star for me for Logan. Yeah, awesome. I gave it the same. same. Um, I think without really spoiling it, it's... They they utilize Shane um, as part of the story of the film, the the Western Shane, and Logan very much feels like uh, the X Men version of a Western. Um, yeah, but it's it's definitely it almost feels like a character study uh, and a like a family study even. Um, the and and it's just it they do so much with that and it works so well. Um, the other thing I have to say is their casting was fantastic because the woman or the the woman the girl that they've got playing X twenty three. Yeah, I think um, she's a twelve or thirteen years old. Uh, her name yeah, is she was Daphne years Keen. Old when they filmed it, yeah, Daphne Keen. Yeah, she manages to hold her own. And almost steal every scene she's in with Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. Ninety yeah. percent of the time, she doesn't have to even utter a word to do it because she doesn't have any fucking dialogue. <laughs> she's just, she's just like a presence, and she just, she's fantastic. Like her fight scenes are just as brutal as as Logan. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. She she's 
<laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she's uh, fucking savage. Oh. <laughs> she's savage. She's like she'll go ballistic. It's it's pretty great. The action sequences, even especially with her, um, are amazing. So yes. uh, yeah, um, if you know the character in the comic book, then you kind of know where it's going. But uh, yeah, it's pretty badass. And Patrick Stewart as as like an old Charles Xavier, he reminds me. He reminds me so much of my grandfather. Like I, you know, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's really good. Um, I, I highly recommend it, but you know, who hasn't said that so far? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it made 80, you think 88, five, I think last weekend. So it's probably going to break 200, 200 mil by like week three. Easy. <laughs> well, it's done that worldwide already. It's at 200, it was yeah. at 250 something million worldwide. Wow. So. It, it, it's that good. Like, you know. Uh, they they rebooted the X Men franchise with First Class, which I really dug. Future Pass was okay. Um, Apocalypse was you know okay as well, but this one th- this is probably my favorite X Men film now. It really is. Unless you I don't like Wolverine as a character, if you don't like the character, you're probably gonna hate this movie because yeah. it's a Wolverine movie, <laughs> you know. And even then, the I mean, even then, even if you hate the character, you know, you might want to watch just to see all the shit he gets put through. <laughs> But what I like too, you know, he's getting old, so like things don't work as well anymore. Uh, I don't. It, this is not a spoiler, but he he does a fight scene early in the film, and one of his claws doesn't pop up properly. So hmm. there's there's a gruesome scene of him pulling his claw out of his hand to retract it fully. Oh wow! You know, like I'm like fuck, that looks painful. And then you know uh, they uh, they they retract back in his, in his form, and then like you see pus just because oh. like. He's getting old, right? And his healing factor is starting to, to get shitty. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's fuck. It's it's really good. It's really fucking good. If you like X-Men comics, you'll love this film. Yeah, it's... Uh, the other word I would use for this movie is heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. There, there were a number of scenes in this movie that just broke me. Uh, the last... Probably, I haven't bawled at a movie in a long fucking time. Like, I've cried. Like, there, you know, tears. I bawled. I was there was gross sobbing going on at the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, it was really fucking good. Yeah, and, and I'm a softie when it comes to movies. Like you know, you make me watch Awakenings, and I'm gonna cry. This one I didn't, um, but I, you know, I, I have friends that have, you know. So yeah, whatever, man, you know. But uh, it's it's a roller coaster of emotions and action with drama. It's it's really a well made film. Awesome, that's really cool. I'm really excited to see it. I'm hoping. Um, we get, to, I don't know if everybody will see it this weekend, but hopefully early next week, if nothing else, my, my boss at work has seen it. And so she said, if I mean, then she's going to spoil the ending of the movie for me. And I was like, that's, you're a terrible person. Fair? No, that's, that's good supervising. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, that, that's how you keep people in line. That's right. I like that. I was mean at one point and she spouted off something and she's like, let it let it lay, lay there a little bit and she's like did i scare you see that's what's gonna i'm really gonna spoil this if you don't stop being a dick i i i, I, I like her already oh man so i did a triple feature on tuesday so that was the mm-hmm. last movie of the day so uh yeah uh, by the end of that film i was kind of tired because i'd spent six plus hours in the theater um prior to that i saw john wick chapter two which I will not spoil either. Uh, yeah. But uh, if you like the first one, you will like the second one as well. Uh, your favorites from the first one that survive uh, are in this one. Really, the story picks up, I think, 
two weeks after the incidents of the first film. So it's really just back to back to back. Um, yeah, so really it's more of the same. Um, maybe the fight sequences are a bit more elaborate this time. And he seems to jet set a bit. Um, there are some fantastic cameos in this movie. Um, you've got Common, uh, the rapper. He plays another, uh, another assassin. Um, you've got uh, fucking uh, Franco Nero, which I adore. The original Django. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He's in this one as well. Um, you've got uh, freaking um, uh, um, shit. Well, John Luzam was back. Lawrence Fishburne returns. Oh, returns. Pardon me. He appears for the thing for the first <laughs> time on film with Keanu since The Matrix. Oh, nice. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. That's awesome. Um, Peter Serenifowitz, he plays a sommelier in uh, in Europe uh, at a hotel where John Wick uh, purchases uh, some items. Um, if you don't recognize the name, it's probably because I butchered the last name. Um, <laughs> but you know this uh, the movie um, – shit. Okay, well, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's one of the Nova Corp uh, uh, officers. He's not John T. Riley. He's the other guy with the English accent. I haven't seen Guardians. What? Are you serious? I know it though. Yeah. Oh, okay. How about uh, what's that movie? Um, Couples Resort with um, with um, shit. The guy from uh, the guy from Made and from uh, uh, Made and uh, Swingers. Jesus Christ. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. That's it. You ever see that comedy with Vince Vaughn? Where he plays a, a husband and wife, all their friends go to a resort. No. I guess not. Okay. Well, fuck me. Uh, anyways, he's in it, and he's <laughs> always a pleasure to... Oh, okay. If you have Amazon Prime, he plays the Tick in the new series of Tick coming out. He's I in believe. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yes, he's in Shaun of the Dead as well as okay. the third roommate. There you go. Uh, but uh, the new Oh, he plays Tick Darth series. Maul. I'm on his IM. I found his IMDb. He plays Darth Maul. In episode one. That's weird. Really? Yeah. When did, no, that's Ray Parks. And Darth Maul speaks one. Okay, maybe he did his voice because I think he says Okay, that could be. Words. Just because yeah. Ray Parks has a very uh, a higher pitch voice. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that's probably, be, probably right. That could be it. And maybe he yeah. does voiceover work for the cartoon as well. But anyways, um, so long story short, uh, John Wick Chapter 2 is worth a check. Um, I have, I mentioned before, because she's in uh, Resident Evil, the final chapter, Ruby Rose plays Ares in John Wick Chapter 2. She's one of the main bodyguards of the protagonist in the film. Okay. The antagonist, I should say. And uh, short haircut, wears a suit, fucking fights like a motherfucker. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, I loved it. So, um, yeah, John Wick uh, Chapter 2. Um I had to give like three and a half out of four to almost four stars. Like it was really good. But awesome. if, you didn't like, if you didn't like John Wick, then you won't like the sequel because it's yeah. right after. Um, third film I watched, or I guess I would say first of that day, um, I did a 12-15 screening of the Lego Batman movie. Um, uh. ah, I was disappointed with Lego Batman. Yeah. I loved the Lego movie that came out in 2014, I believe. Yeah, well, I know. Um, yeah, right? We talked about it recently. Yeah. So because of my excitement for that film, my passion, I would even say, um, I wanted to <laughs> see the Lego Batman film. And I like Lego Batman in the Lego movie um, because he's not the focus point. He is in this one, obviously. And right. I think it's just too much of a good thing kind of sours the film. 
um, he's a, he's a bit of an egotistical idiot, right? And it's just yeah. after a while, I just didn't find him funny anymore. I didn't hmm. find the second half of the film funny. Um, the first film, I thought the whole like it was hilarious, and in this one, I just couldn't get into it. Maybe I didn't have enough coffee in the morning, uh, but I just didn't like it. Uh, I thought it felt it felt really flat. Um, I would say this is aimed more towards the kids because the message is, you know, friends and, you know, you can't do things alone, blah, 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 you know. Um, <laughs> and I just found, you know, the adult humor that was in the Lego movie really wasn't that apparent in the Lego Batman film. Um, hmm. Now, they had gags. They had like 80s gags where he watches, uh, you know, just music videos that he likes and he was watching um, uh, Jerry Maguire, which... I just didn't think it was that funny. So, yeah. I don't know. I was kind of bummed. Um, I gave it, I think, two stars on uh, Letterboxd. So, I'd probably give this like a one and a half. Okay. It, yeah, I was really bummed by that. So, uh, so yeah, the only other... Well, I, there's a few more things I want to talk about. So, um, for this month, for my uh, Cinefessions uh, movie or TV, Netflix TV challenge... Um, I decided to start season one of House of Cards. So I started that just after um, just after the last episode that we recorded. I, and right. because, because of Netflix's now that you can download stuff, um, I was able to put the whole series on my iPad. And then on my breaks at work, I watched the whole season in three <laughs> days. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I loved it. So uh, awesome. that uh, challenge has been done for the month, so I'm okay. Good. Um, so the movie challenge, I'm done for the month, so that's okay too. Um, but yeah, uh, House of Cards season one, I know I'm late to the party on this. Uh, season one came out in February of 2013. I just drank this season like a big glass of beer. It was so fucking good. And that belt at the end was so satisfying. <laughs> um, I really like... Uh, I think her name is her name is Kara Mara. I don't want to go on the IMDb because I don't want to get spoilers for the future seasons. Right. But uh, uh, the Mara uh, girl who plays the reporter, I thought she was awesome in it. Um, Kim and Spacey. I didn't know he had a sudden accident in this movie or in this movie, this series. Um, it works really well. Um, I also like how he talks to the camera and like, you know, when stupid stuff yes. happens in front of him, he like pants. So it's like, what the fuck? Right. Uh, I read Robert uh, Robin Wright as uh, his wife. Awesome. I really have nothing bad to say about the series. I loved it. So I'm going to take a break. I don't want to watch them all back to back to back. I want to kind of put some breathers in. So uh, I've already loaded up season one of Scream on my iPad for uh, my oh. weekend trips. I, so you... I am so, so sorry. I know. Me too. You're going but... from House of Cards to Scream? <laughs> well, it's, it's a palate cleanser, right? Yes. And palate cleansing. I have not listened. Yeah, like I have not. Bowel cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to the uh, your episodes when you uh, covered this series. Right, right. Um, so I'm going to go in fresh. Um, okay. Again, I, I like Scream Four. I'm going to give this series a chance. It's only I think ten episodes, so mm -hmm. whatever you know. Um, I really wanted to start Luther, but I can't download Luther to the iPad. They don't have that option for that series. So oh, okay. Uh, I'll have to watch that alone. So this is a uh, or at home I should say, Home Alone. Um, but yeah, so this series I'm going to watch, I'll probably have it done by, you know, my next days off. Um, so I know a, that, 
And a good a it. good time to plug. Uh, you can actually listen to yes the episodes. I think it was like what nine to probably nineteen, however many episodes there are in in Scream season one. You can watch the episode on Netflix and then listen to the Cinefessions podcast. That's really when we started finding our groove as a podcast and recording weekly. So definitely a good option to go back to the uh, backlog in case you've missed it for all of our listeners. Yeah, and I might do that myself, and then we can talk about it again. Right. Um, <laughs> I was gonna go Sense Eight. But I'm like, ah, I, Melissa wants to watch that too. See, that's oh, the thing. okay. There are so many good shows on Netflix right now. Like, mm-hmm. there's like Crazy Heads I want to watch. And there's like, a Holistic Medicine one that Dirk, Dirk Bentley, Dirk something. Dirk um, Bentley, the country singer? I know that's wrong. Maybe it's Frank okay. Bentley. Anyways, it's, he's Elijah Wood's in it. Um, it looks really good. It's, it's it kind of science fiction y, you know? Dirk, it's Dirk Gently, I think it is. I was Dirk, close. Dirk Bentley. You were. I, don't, I was close. Dirk so, Bentley's a country singer. Yeah, but. yeah, I, I kind of knew that. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's so many good things that we want to watch together. So I'm trying to w- find things that we probably would want to watch together. Right. So I'm thinking Scream would be one. I'm going to go back to House of Cards, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so House of Cards is done. Season two is going to start uh, probably after Scream. But then oh, Iron Fist comes out later this month. I think comes out in yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. But that's when I have to wait for Melissa. We've watched all the Marvel Netflix shows together. So I'm not going to watch uh, Luke Cage, or pardon, uh, pardon me, um, uh, Iron Fist by myself. Yeah, I've not heard a lot of good on that one yet, so it'll be interesting to see what you guys think of it, because obviously, uh, Ash, you've reviewed virtually everything of the MC, of, of the Marvel films that have come onto Netflix like that, and uh, Mark, you've um, talked about them all on the podcast as well, so yeah, interested yeah. to hear your guys' thoughts. They're all varying degrees of, of success, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I am not sure how Iron Fist is going to work. Rumor has mm-hmm. it he doesn't even wear his costume in the first season, which mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, if he's just starting off, Daredevil didn't wear his uh, red costume till the end of the first season. Yeah, I know nothing of Iron Fist. I know very little. A lot of people, are, there's a lot of, of uh, poo-pooing just because this, I guess the main character, which I don't know what his name is. I don't follow that area of Marvel. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's a white guy. But, you know, people think that it should be an Asian character. But best of my knowledge, I thought, I think his name is Danny Rand. I could be wrong. Um, but I thought even the character in the comic books was Caucasian. So whatever. I don't put my foot into that, into that argument. You know any more, Ash? He was white in the comics, too. It's not, there. There there's a lot of other reasons why they want him to be Asian. And I, I get it. I, but I don't know anything about the character at all. So yeah. I didn't want to stick. My- yeah, yeah, right. right. I, I think the big problem was with Doctor Strange, where the uh, the mystical one wasn't uh, an Asian character and it was uh, a Celtic character in the film. I think that's where things, where the dust really started to kick up, mm-hmm. and now it kind of you know spread a bit on Iron Fist. Again, it's a Netflix show. I have not been disappointed so far with the Netflix shows. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to watch them. It'll probably take me a few weeks to go through them all just because, you know, watch a few episodes at a time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for that. So, um, another show I actually finished uh, this week prior to doing House of Cards. I finished Westworld, which was fantastic. Um, the end, uh, kind of, I was like, oh, what the f-? See, I'm, another podcast I listen to, uh, it's mm-hmm. called Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And I was holding back on some other episodes because they had uh, Westworld spoilers. So once the show was over, I listened to those episodes. And I guess I'm stupid because 
Well, first of all, I only watched the episodes once. I didn't watch them over and over again because I wasn't waiting week to week. Right, right. Um, but I never caught some cues that I guess the hosts thought that were kind of obvious. Oh. Um, so maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. I don't know. But like the final episode had a big, you know, like what the fuck moment. At least in my mind it was what the fuck moment because I didn't expect what what happened. Yeah. And one of the hosts was like, well, yeah, I'm kind of assumed this happened. But then again, some of them go to like other websites to talk theory about the show. Right. And I kind of don't want to do that because I don't want to plant something in my mind that might not actually happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like fancy booking with wrestling. <laughs> I canceled my network, by the way. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, have, yeah. I honestly don't think I'm going to watch WrestleMania. Like, I just couldn't give a shit less didn't watch any of the last pay-per-view at all don't care to just don't i haven't watched the last two raw pay-per-views i just don't give a fuck and especially seeing how goldberg won i just ugh, enough already so yeah. i'm gonna watch mania because it's on my birthday mm-hmm. and then after that and um i'm done that's what i mean like how man you have fucking kevin owens has worked his ass off his entire career his entire life to get that belt and he holds it for 11 months he's doing he's fantastic or however many however long he's held it and then he comes in and and loses it to a part-timer in 20 whatever seconds and that part-timer is gonna he's going to lose the belt to lesnar at uh mania because exactly like uh, why? Why does Lesnar and and Goldberg? Why did they have to have the belt? You know, like I, it just I, I it didn't know. need it. Because I'll be the but main I, event, unless it's going to be uh, Orton and Bright and Bray Wyatt. But whatever. Oh, f- they better not put fucking Goldberg oh. and Lesnar as the main event. Man, that has to be Wyatt and Orton. You, I guess who he's fighting. So, right? I'd hope. But, yeah, but I think so. My suspicion ends on the seventh of April. I might try that okay. New Japan uh, pro wrestling. Uh, you know, I've heard really good things about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I haven't watched. I know very little of Japanese wrestling. Like when, Same here. like when the, Nakamura came to NXT, mm-hmm. I, I really, I was like, who's this guy? Like, I don't know. My, yeah. my friends just went, you know, ballistic over him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was up until I saw his match with Sami Zayn this yep. time last year, right? Which was fucking uh, phenomenal, yeah. Oh, it was the best instantly, match. Instantly realized why people were excited. Totally. But that said, though, I was wild by that match. But then the stuff that made him special, because it's only him who does it, he started doing it in every match. Yeah. You know, yep. so I'm like, the whole, like, the head with the wavy arms, you know? Right. Like, I'm like, uh, you know, like, I'm just seeing him go through the motions. So, whatever. Yeah, you, you do watch a lot of NXT, though. Like, I only see him at, like, the big pay-per-view, that the big event they do before, like, the major four. That's usually the only time I really watch NXT. Honestly. Um, and so, it's still pretty cool, but... I've stopped. I've stopped watching NXT even. Like, I even yeah. catch up the episodes for the Rumble just because of all these challenges I'm giving myself. I need, right. I need to watch movies to get that was, <laughs> because I, I don't want to lose. That was um, pretty good before the Rumble. I like that one. It wasn't not the, not their best by any stretch, but I enjoyed no, it. No, it was, it was okay. And, you know, I'm going to watch NXT on, uh, you know, I guess on the Saturday night. Even though I work, so I'll probably watch it like Sunday morning when I okay. wake up or before I go to bed, whatever. Um, and then I'll watch Mania. And then, honestly, I'm going to wash my hands with the Fed. I just don't care anymore the booking sucks you know like i was telling you like the main reason i keep it is because bridget will watch netflix i usually turn on the wwe network like if i'm editing the podcast for example yeah i'll have something on in the background it's almost always going to be the wwe network because i'll just put on some random old shit from when i actually enjoyed it or prior so like basically just learning more about the history you know things that i may not have known um and events that I've forgotten, things like that. So, like, I watch it a lot. Bridget will watch Netflix all the time. I usually have the network on when it's when I'm doing things where I can be distracted. 
See, I think I would keep it if A, Raw and SmackDown, the weekly shows, yeah. mm-hmm. were on the network after they wrapped up. Right. Um, because apart from that, like, I don't like the current product, but I would watch it if it was on network because I canceled. I don't have any cable again. So pretty much Smart. after the Oscars, I, I canceled it. Yeah, um, we so, need to do that. We need to. I just sports. I can't. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> can't get without them. I haven't watched any football this year more than I had to. And yeah. hockey, I get it through my Game Center app. So I'm okay, covered. I get my Jets. I'm happy. You know. Yeah, with the Wings playing like shit, um, I haven't watched nearly that much as much hockey this year as I normally do, which is a real disappointment because it's you know one of my favorite sports. But yeah, it's just not been good to watch. So no, sometimes you're just not in the mood when your team's on. You know exactly. And then you make a playoff, then you got to wait six months for the yeah. season again. So kind of I sucks. know. Um, yeah, first so time like, in 25 years they don't make the playoffs. I don't know what that's like. I was fucking six the last time they didn't make the playoffs. Like I don't know what that is. My sister I'm, wasn't even alive the last time they haven't made the playoffs. She's and she's a diehard Red Wings fan. She's gonna be in fucking depression mode come a couple months from now. Well, you know, you, you you pissed the bed back then. You'll probably mm-hmm. start pissing the bed now, and that's okay. You're probably yeah. right. That's okay. It's a childhood trauma thing. It comes that's back. Right. Don't worry. About it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, like I love old wrestling, like old WWE stuff, and I love the documentaries, but yeah. it's not worth 13 bucks a month. And oh, Mine's uh, only 10 so it's a little cheaper. Uh, yeah, because I am I paid the 999 US, but then with the conversion rate and the PayPal, it, it, I'm almost paying 15 bucks every month. And yeah, I'm not, like, Really? Me and Melissa, we watch Total Bellas, or Total Divas. So like when Which still we, uh, cracks me up, yeah. Yeah, because, well, me, it's like hot chicks, but after a while, yeah, exactly. uh, it's so catty that I'm like, okay, we got to turn this off. That's it's like I know. I'm cooking breakfast, you know, she'll watch that I'm cooking breakfast, I can watch too, blah, 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 but then, you know, I just don't care about Cameron or Ariane. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, Eva Marie's husband, um, you know, is is a tool. I thought uh, Natalia treated TJ like shit with the whole divorce stuff. You know, I was like, oh, they got I, divorced. I didn't even know that. No, it was a fucking like, oh, we're separated oh. right now. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. You know. Anyways, I do yeah. like the Bella Twins though because they're just they're just awesome. I um, hate the Bella Twins. Like, I just cannot stand oh, them at they're, all. They're like they're funny though. They're, they're, they're pretty, funny. but man, I can't stand them. I, I like them more on the on this show. But anyways, okay, um, yeah. So I'm going to uh, listen now. So now that uh, uh, I finished my A to Z challenge, my first leg, which took me two months and change, I'm not ever going to do six. And, uh, <laughs> I, I would, honestly, I was like doing the math in my head. I was at work when I saw that you were one leg through. I was like, ooh, I think we're a little behind. Still 26 movies, you know, but yeah. I just, ugh, right? Um, so Actually, yeah, though, it'll be fun to well. see if I make it. Yeah, well, I got one done, but now I want to try to catch up again. I started a new uh, uh, hashtag uh, podcast something. What do I call it? Podcast. Yeah, podcast uh, backlog. I really like that. Podcast backlog. Because, again, like I mentioned on my Instagram, for those who don't follow me on Instagram, you should. Um, But Mm -hmm. uh, I listen to a few other uh, podcasts or movie podcasts. But, you know, like we tend to talk spoilers sometimes. And so do they once in a while. Um, So on movies that I haven't seen yet that I want to see that they talk about, I kind of skip the episode because I want to watch the movie first. So I got right. a whole bunch of podcasts that are on my phone that I haven't listened to some are from like November last year. So I kind of want to clean that up a bit, bring that number down. And then I'll start my next arc or my next, I guess, uh, run through on the, uh, I guess it'll be from Z to A this time. And what I'm going to do, which I haven't really mentioned anybody yet is, uh, this one's going to be a digital one. So I was going to do just Netflix but I kind of want to do other uh, streaming services. Yeah. So there's one called Midnight Pulp. 
Um, oh. I believe it's only $4.99 a month. I'll have to double check that. I haven't subscribed yet, hmm. but I did a quick search because you can watch some of their stuff for free. Some stuff needs a subscription. And they're mostly cult films, a lot, a lot of Asian cinema. Um, so I looked through my uh, the alphabet. I'm only missing one letter for a film, which I'll just then just pick a different streaming service or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I might use that. So for my run, my next run, if those want to follow and watch the films as well with me, um, I'm going to use the Midnight Pulp um, streaming service, which I'm using off my Roku. Uh, I don't know if they're on Apple or Chromecast. I'm assuming at least Chromecast. Um, I don't know about Apple TV, but uh, they're on the Roku box. And I think they, you can also stream off their website, but I won't do that. Um, so yeah, so I'll be using my challenge to be going through some of their library and, uh, should be fun. It'll be all films I've never seen. Um, there's I a number of arrow releases on here. Just looking through it real quick. That's cool. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Like I've already got uh, a whole bunch that I kind of want to watch. Um, like I know my B when I get down to B, it's going to be black roses. I've never seen black roses before. It's like a horror heavy metal film. So, oh, yeah. okay. Cool. I was going to say, I've never even heard of it. So that's oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's very cult. I don't think there's a proper release for it. And if there is, well, fuck me. I didn't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm going to do that for my next arc. Once I've kind of watched a few of my uh, podcast backlog uh, films, which I'm thinking week, week and a half, maybe. But maybe by the end of the month. But then again, man, <laughs> then I got to do five more runs of the alphabetic of the alphabet <laughs> before Christmas or before, you know, New Year's. That's going to be tough. I don't know if I'll make it or not, but I'll try. Um yeah, so anyway, so that's that. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, well, you know, I, I won't talk about... I was going to talk about Jarhead because I rewatched that at work uh, on a night shift. Uh, the war was, movie? Yeah, with okay. uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal Jake and uh, Peter Sarsgaard, uh, Jimmy Fox. Fucking good. Um, I remember it being decent, but I really dug it watching it a second time. So yeah, Jarhead 2005. Anyways, uh, one last thing. I know I'm going along. Um, so I bought a Nintendo Switch. Uh, this last week mm -hmm. um, so far I got one two switch and Zelda Zelda came yesterday I still haven't had a chance to play it yet and one two switch is more of a like a two multiplayer local multiplayer party game so yeah. I really haven't played my switch yet but I got two games I got, I got Bomberman on their way I bought a pro controller so once I have time I'm gonna sit down and play <laughs> but it's also portable so I could probably bring it to work on my breaks and play Zelda, so I might do that on on my on my breaks at work this weekend. But fun, uh, fun fact about that, uh, I was reading one of the reviews for Zelda. It actually plays better in portable mode supposedly than it does in uh, station mode. Apparently, hmm. yeah, because I guess it's processing less. It's whatever, right? Because uh, yeah, um, yeah. So I read that as well. That it looks better uh, portable. But I'm more of a big screen guy. So I'll try it out. And if it's great, awesome. If it's not, I'll just watch, play it on the big screen. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it for me. I know I spoke for about an hour and a half, so I apologize. But No, uh, that's all good. Dude, and I'm looking through this Midnight Pulp, and it looks fucking awesome. Listen, does, if right? you have not heard of this, which like me, definitely check it out. It looks like, as far as I can tell, it looks like there's only a Roku channel. Oh, is it? Okay. That's what it looks like. Um, but I, usually you can go to like about, and it'll tell you. Um, but it doesn't have that here, but I'm thinking it's only Roku because it only gives you the option to subscribe through Roku. Gotcha. Um, but it look, man, there are just a ton of really cool cult, like Japanese horror. Yeah. Uh, man, oh man, like I might have to subscribe to this for a few months, see what I can find. This is awesome. 
Yeah, so uh, I don't know how long I'm going to keep it. Um, yeah. I, I might yeah. just do it for the for you know one or two months, depending how long it takes me to go through this arc from Z to A. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's got some cool stuff that I'm, going, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy. So uh, right. that's going to be my next, uh, my next uh, trek would be going through uh, this stuff here. Awesome. Good call on that. Yeah. Before we move on. Yeah. Uh, my wife has a bit of Iron Fist trivia for everybody. Oh, okay. One of Wolverine's long-standing villains, Sabretooth, actually made his premiere in Iron Fist comic books. Really? Huh. That's interesting, yeah. But he got better. (laughs) Yeah. That's very cool. Well, Wolverine looked kind of lame, too, the first time when he appeared in the whole (laughs) comic, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move over to our review for this week. So again, we are looking at Scream Factory's release of 1984's Ninja 3, The Domination. So if you have not seen this film, do know there will be major spoilers, as there always are. So if you've not seen it, hit pause, go watch the movie, come on back and hit play. And uh, enjoy our discussion of it. So Ninja 3 The Domination from 1984 is directed by Sam Furstenberg, written by James R. Silkey. It has an IMDb score of 5.0 out of the 2,685 votes. Uh, No Metacritic score. Yep. And it has a 67% tomato meter with an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 54%. Uh, I could not find any budget information on, on... online at all, but it does say, I did find that it has a $7.6 million domestic gross. So, I think the only person who has seen this film previously is Mark. Is that right, Ash? You haven't seen this, right? No, I had never seen this before. Although, although watching it, it felt like every 80s VHS movie I'd ever rented. Okay. Very good. Um, Mark, what is your history with this one? Um... I saw it for the first time uh, by buying this Blu-ray uh, when it, uh, I guess, last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I knew about it. I actually bought the poster at one of my first Wastelands. Oh, awesome. Ha- yeah, and stupid me, instead of finding a frame that fit, because <laughs> I had 27 by 41, I had a 27 by 40 frame. I cut an inch off. Or half an inch uh, off. Oh, okay. At the top and bottom. Yeah, which I regret to this day. Mm-hmm. I want to get myself another uh, copy of this poster because it's so badass. <laughs> um, yeah, so I saw the poster first and then I watched the movie. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of Cinema Waste, I forgot. I meant to mention this earlier, but um, I we are go- my, my wife and I are going down to Ohio um, ne- not this weekend, but the following weekend. And we are actually going to a horror festival down in Cincinnati called Horror Hound. Um, so if any of our listeners are going to be there, please say hello. Um, I don't know how you'd recognize me, but just talk and maybe you'll find me. You should just post <laughs> some pictures on our Instagram account. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What is that? Little nudes. What is that? Little nudes. That one is the weekend of the, um, what is it? I guess the 16th and the 17th? Of April or May? Of March? March. Oh, so that's next we'll weekend. Not be gone. Yeah, we won't be gone yet. So, oh, yeah, we are. Um, we're staying in a hotel um, near Toledo on Thursday night, and then we're driving down to Cincinnati on uh, for uh, Friday and Saturday. We're just going to get tickets for the show on Saturday because usually that's uh, all all the time we need um, yeah. for those things. And so, yeah, we're excited. Uh, the one and only, the great. 
Costas Mandalore is going to be there. Oh. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm bringing. I think I might bring my saw complete set and have him sign that um, along with Tobin Bell because Tobin Bell is going to be there too. So, man, if they sell posters, saw like one sheet posters yeah of like which one was my favorite is it five or six i think five was your favorite because i hated it and you loved it and that's the one i believe the the poster it's got i think it's mendler's head but with a tobin (laughs) mask on it oh it may be i don't remember offhand I would give you all the blowjobs if you could uh, get that, buy one and get it signed for me. Like, oh, man. I'll go full teeth, no teeth, just the buck teeth, whatever you want, you yeah. know? Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm so the jealous. Strap, cradle the balls. Wow. Oh, <laughs> you're going to meet Fizzle the North Star, Cassis Mandler. Oh, that's oh, – I'm so uh, jealous. So fucking jealous. So Ottawa has a Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And they're announcing guests, you know, every Tuesday to okay. be a tease. And I don't think I'm going to go because no? well, Romero's going to be there. But I've already met him twice, so I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go just for that. He's a great and guy. I, I was so bummed this week. They announced their, their three guests. They've got a fucking Degrassi Junior High reunion. I don't give a fuck. Oh, that's I'm the awful. Only Canadian who never watched Degrassi. I'm like. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I, I don't want to see Joy Jeremiah. I like. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but you're not gonna get my ticket money by. Right. Um, so far, they've got nobody that I really want to meet. So I might even not even go. Yeah, that sucks. And it does suck because like the the Comic Con in Montreal, it's happening the weekend of uh, a wedding in Winnipeg that I have to go to. Mm. So, and I can't cancel the wedding because I'm the best man. Like, I could, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. But right. I thought about it, Paul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so I might even go to a convention until like this fall, which sucks balls. But are you going to go to Wasteland this fall? This fall, yes. Oh, for okay. sure. It's probably not going dude, in spring. I'm going in the fall for sure. It's only like two hours south of me, and it's really close to Ash. I feel like, man, if there's ever a chance for a, a Cinefessions meetup, that is dude, it because it's so close to all we, three of we us. Totally, we totally should. My yeah. crew there are fantastic. Yeah. Some drink, some don't. We can, mm-hmm. we, can, uh, we can split a room or something, you know? Right. Um, yeah, totally. We'll, but we'll discuss it off cam, but uh, or off mic. We're not, we're not filming this. But, um, <laughs> off cam. Yeah, you guys can really should. If I drive eight hours down, you guys can drive two. I'm just right. saying, I'll pay your gas. I'll pay your gas. <laughs> Ash, I think it's even closer to you. It's only probably like 45 minutes away. But anyway, back on track here. Yes. Back to Ninja 3. I knew there was something that I wanted. That's why I was kind of like pausing before starting the to move on to this segment. And then you mentioned Wasteland. And I was like, ah, shit, that's what it was. I'm but, surprised you didn't turn the podcast. Hey, welcome to Nefeshians, a podcast. Uh, you know, I, I want to meet Quasis Mandalore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have done that. I oh, totally would have. I know you would have. I know. Oh, man. I'm, it's weird. I've ejaculated twice since we started talking about Ninja 3. <laughs> The movie haven't even started yet. Good lord. I'm so tired now. I need more water. Yeah. This episode of Cinefessions Podcast brought to you by Kleenex. <laughs> oh, brought to you by Dirty Sock. Dirty Sock with a hole in it. Dirty Sock. Oh, oh lordy. All right. So, um. Clean one for Christ's sake. God. <laughs> this is from Ninja work. 3, The Domination. <laughs> Back yes. to that here. Yes. Um. 
So this was the first time I watched it, and I ended up watching last night when I didn't have power, so I had to watch the DVD on my laptop. So I didn't quite get the full effect I was hoping for when I bought the Blu-ray, mm. um, but I did uh, get to to watch it. And so um, I do own the Blu-ray, though, so I'll get to watch it, um, you know, on the big screen on blue again in the future. Um, but wait, wait, wait. Ash, I know, watched the DVD as well, so. You're going to go watch it again? <laughs> we'll yeah. see. After you're done recording the podcast, doi. Yeah, we'll see here. Yeah. So instantly right from the beginning so you guys remember um during cssc this year the cinefashion summer scream challenge uh my my goal or my challenge to myself because we did a little different this year my challenge was to watch two or a hundred and something 160 something trailers Trailers. right and so most of those i watched were from like collections of um like old horror films cult films old i mean basically cult films is, is the best way to put it and man instantly this movie reminded me of like a dozen films that I would have seen on that on those trailer collect. Excuse me, on those trailer collections, um, and so it just instantly took me back to that uh, sort of nostalgia of watching those over the summer, and that was like, oh, this is this is fun. I'm actually watching one of these as opposed to just watching the trailer for one of these. So yeah. that was cool. Um, and one thing that I really thought surprised me with Ninja 3 was there were a few shots that were really, really well done um, in terms of just the, the lighting, the, um, the, the framing of the shot, everything, the, the fog that they use specifically in this one shot. Um, like at the very beginning when the title comes on the screen, so, you know, Ninja 3, the domination, we have a shot of the man the the first ninja that we meet standing in his white outfit with the the smoke coming into the cave or in the cave and uh the backlight shooting there i mean what a fucking great and it it stops on it because it knows the director knows he's got a good shot here and so the man walks into the cave and pauses he just stands there as we get the title of it and then he the title goes away and then he moves like what a good shot i was really impressed and and surprised that i was impressed by that aspect of the film uh, um instantly well i'm kind of surprised by your surprise because we're yeah. watching ninja 3 so i'm like yeah, <laughs> perfect of course my friend <laughs> yeah i didn't realize i did not realize perfect of um, course yeah so what I liked about that opening sequence, yeah. So so the evil ninja, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he opens the door to the cave and goes down to his cave rock and cracks right. it open, and all his weapons are there. I loved how that cave rock table thing was like <laughs> underlit, so it was like the light was shining from the rock, mm-hmm. exposing all. Uh, I just like that was such a cool shot. And such, and you're right. There are so many cool lighting effects in this movie. Yeah, we'll discuss as we as we continue. Right, but it's very stylized. And this is this is before you know Miami Vice. You know where all the mm-hmm. neons and stuff. Like the colors here are fucking beautiful, especially on the Blu-ray. Yeah, and that's yeah. I would love to see it on blue. Like I said, only DVD for me, but um, I imagine it it pops even more there. There's a lot of use of neon, which is so very 80s, at least in my mind, and uh, I love oh, it. Oh, 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 yeah. I guess it was before Miami Vice because Miami Vice started in '84, but it was in September of '80. So yeah, and and this film actually was shot in '82. Uh, okay, to, ah. which is interesting. I, I listened to the podcast. Uh, pardon me, to the commentary. Mm-hmm. So it's with uh, the director Sam uh, Fistenberg, 
and uh, the stunt coordinator, Steve Lambert, which uh, of, and it was moderated by some other guy, which he said his name so fast at the beginning. Uh, yeah. I wasn't able to write it down. Um, so a very entertaining uh, track. So um, obviously this film, they were heavily influenced by Poltergeist, <laughs> which we'll, <laughs> we'll soon find out, as well as The Exorcist. I was – The Exorcist uh, – I wrote down The Exorcist later on in my watching of the film because it was so very Exorcist-like when she's um, like tied up at yes. – um, who – oh, what's the actor's name? I loved him. I recognized him instantly. I had to look up his name because I didn't reckon – I didn't know his name offhand. Uh, James Hong. God. What? How fucking great that James Hong is in this film. I love him. And he's just so iconic, like his face to me. And he shows up. I was like, oh my God, that's that's how him. Can, I didn't remember his name, but I knew him. You know, knew the how thing. can you hate a movie that has Lil Pan in it? I, I don't you think can. you can. You can. Exactly. Now I can yeah. be a movie that has Lil Pan in it and still like the sequence he's in. <laughs> he's so good. And that's what I, can I think. associate him from the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> what I, th- I think worked so well for me in this movie was how seriously the actors took it, specifically with uh, Hong in that scene, because it's such a ridiculous scene. It's not an Exorcist film, yet it, it's playing on what we know from Exorcist movies. Well, and he plays it 100% real. Like, God bless him, man. He really made that scene for me and did such a good job with it. But I think, I feel like that that attitude is taken throughout the entire film. Like, it's well, not, they don't scoff at what they're doing. That's the thing, because the director was saying that they made this film to make a film, to make a canon film. Because all, yeah, they mentioned it too. And I, it's it's funny that they mention it, because then I kind of realize it. But all canon films have a feel to it, right? Oh, absolutely. And they were just like, we weren't trying to make a cult movie. We were just trying to make an entertaining movie, mm-hmm. which they did. Um, but it just became a cult film, because it's, it kind of goes, you know, to the left side a lot, you know? Like right. It's, it's not your typical ninja film. You know? Exactly. Um, so that's what's cool. That's what I really like about it, you know. Um, but they weren't trying to make a spoof or they weren't like winking to the camera. Mm-hmm. They weren't making a, you know, they weren't attempting to make a ninja, like an American ninja film, you know, where they're, you know, stealing everything from other ninja movies. Like they're trying to make an original ninja movie, but it just became, you know, it, it had a, a shelf life after it went direct to video, you know, where it became yeah. a hit. So. And I think, man, this is what separates – this is a true true to life, down-home cult film. Like it it did everything to be a good movie. You know, it tried to be a good movie and it is, but it found its calling later in life, you know, like on home video and, and whatnot. And it just – it feels like a genuine cult movie as opposed to like the things you get now that are made specifically to be cult movies. Like that's the difference. Yeah. This was made to be a good film and became a cult movie. Whereas a lot of things you get nowadays are made to be cult movies and they can be good. Don't get me wrong, but they, I, they're, they're not going to hit me in the same way that Ninja three hit me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, and what I find funny because, you know, there's a supernatural element to this film. And I wrote this down here because, um, since the the director said this in the commentary, since the hero of the film was a woman, they needed a gimmick that was believable to carry the action of the film. 
Hmm. So, because again, yeah. a different time, right? Exactly. How many female action films were there back then? Not many. Right. Not many. many. So they use how the ninja's spirit possessed her body. So it made, it was plausible for her to do all these action scenes, you know, in the film. At least her yeah. character wasn't the actress. It was her character, you know, because, uh, right. uh, Steve Lambert will mention that he did a lot of the uh, actions, uh, a lot of the stunts in this film for a lot of different characters. So, which I found really interesting. You know who she reminded me of, and I wrote this down pretty early on, okay. um, was Ripley from obviously the Alien series, which is so. clearly very influential. This film was shot in 82, released in 84, Alien came back out in 79, like very influential, obviously, with the with the strong female lead. Um, but just her, her look, um, that hair, uh, the yeah. demeanor, the way she had about her, it, was, it reminded me a lot of Ripley. First. Say that again, I didn't hear you. The demeanor at first, I had a problem, and my wife had a problem with the way she's written. Like, like after like the uh, the fight in the alley, she becomes like a completely different character, and it's just like, what the fuck? Because that her pos- she's getting possessed even more and more as the film. Well, it wasn't even well, that was just it. She gets more and more possessed, but that makes her act like clingy girlfriend. What? Yeah, I, there's I, no I guy she didn't want to date in the first fucking place. Yeah, that's that bugged me. That's the the her her relationship because like what, first off the cop okay, that whole scene so first off the cop tries to put he's not really trying to put her under arrest but he says I'm gonna put you under arrest like she was just a those that group of men were attacking one woman and then trying to attack her and rape her and you're yeah. gonna say that oh you could be put in jail for assault on what you did to those guys what like yeah. where the fuck is that. I had issues with that scene because yeah. you know this it's just after an awesome eighties aerobic session. Right, right, exactly. They're leaving the gym. This girl's po- well, she's being she's being um robbed, I think, from with yeah. the bike and potentially raped by four other guys that were just at the gym. Mm-hmm. She goes to stop it, so they didn't start they attack her to I would assume possibly rape her. Right. There's a crowd that gathers, males and females, I know, and, do and they do nothing, including the cop who's the watching her bend off against four other guys. That <laughs> fucking like, blew my mind. I'm like, how is yeah. this happening? Like, what the fuck? Um, and and I would definitely agree. It's very 80s. Uh, chauvinism is is clearly on display here which i watched robot jocks for my um best in the backlog challenge so i got a lot of 80s chauvinism uh this past week and i feel like it's definitely on display here um the fact that she has no interest in this guy at all and then that happens and the the guy like so uh, what so he tries to um he stalks her. He doesn't help her when she's about to get raped or attacked, whatever. Tries to force his way to get near her by saying she should be arrested and then yells at her. And then she fucking throws himself herself at him. I mean, that was – you're right. That is just it, – it is very 80s in terms of these types of films, I feel like. And I, I hated that aspect of it, but I liked where it, it took us, I guess. Now, can I say a counterpoint on that? Yeah. So – he stalks her, but he takes aerobic, her aerobics class, right? Right. So I think that kind of warmed her a bit, that he lasted the whole class. That said, once the fight occurred... <laughs> well, yeah, but he, he collapsed at the end. Oh, he, he oh, collapsed. He collapsed. Yeah, he didn't make it through the end. He collapsed. Well, well there he was no other the routine after. Like, he makes it to the end and just ends up in a heap of, of sweat... On a carpeted aerobic floor, which was weird. right. <laughs> but, uh, whatever, yeah, I, know. You know. I didn't get any kind of sense that she noticed him in the class at all, really. So, oh, he was the only guy there. 
Well, yeah, but I don't think she noticed he was there. I think she she really? taught her class and she kind of left. I didn't I didn't get the sense that she noticed him at all. Oh, uh, see, I, I I beg to differ on that, but that's okay. Um, what I do believe though is that she knows. Okay, well, at least the spirit knows he was a co- he's a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the, the spirit doesn't realize that he's a cop that was part of his death, which we haven't talked about yet. We still we will have to back up to that. Yeah, no, no, um, no problem. But then she, I guess, gets empowered by the spirit and fends off against the four rapists. But then, at that point, I think the spirit's like, "Yeah, he's a cop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get close to him." So they start, they start dating. Even oh, though, so you think? Okay, so you I think, think the, spirit it was the spirit kind of, I, I think the spirit kind of maneuvered her emotions. I think I, you know, at least it played a part in her eventually, you know, bring uh, him back to her place. Um, it was hot it, when she poured V8 juice down her sh- down no, her chest. That's something else. <laughs> She pours fucking V8 down like it's champagne. It I is know. not champagne. <laughs> and it definitely was not fucking sexy. That was <laughs> no. Oh, man. And that it's funny. fucking the, weird. It's funny. The director's like, yeah, I just thought of it for the moment. So it's like, yeah, just pour some V8 down your shirt. I'm like, what? It's gross. so funny. I don't drink V8 to begin with. So just <laughs> have a warm V8 on somebody's chest. Oh, I, I didn't care. I drink it off there, no problem. I take a towel, wipe it down, then I'll, I'll <laughs> sniff the remnants, you know? They, uh, I, I, I do have to agree, the actors were playing it very seriously. I think the problem with this movie is that the actors all kind of suck. I, oh, man, I, I disagree. I, I, like, the only performance I even remotely liked was hers, and it was okay. It wasn't great, it was okay. And in in uh, Lopan, the the actor that plays, you can play Lopan. I can never remember. Yeah, Hong. Yeah, well, he was fun, but he's always great in everything he's in. So yeah, I, it just eh, it was just and the whole reasoning only a ninja can kill a ninja. Well, how the fuck did he die the first time? I don't know. Yeah, I was just like, this is dumb, dumb. I think you're being overly critical of Ninja Three: The Domination, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, you might recognize uh, Lucinda Dickey, who plays Christy in the film. Um, so you might know her from um, from the Breaking films, you know, Breaking and Breaking to Electric Boogaloo. Oh, so, okay. She's yeah, so in those. I had not. So, but the thing is, so okay, so this came out in '84, was filmed in '82. The producers were so happy with her performance in Ninja Three, mm-hmm. they they slapped into Breaking right away. Oh, they, 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 so they slept in Breaking right away. They shot it, they edited it, and released the film before uh, Ninja Three came out. Oh wow! So, so she did Breaking and Breaking Two before she, uh, before Ninja Three was actually out. That's how much they uh, they dug her, That's and just funny. the way that they released the films. So yeah, they got. Oh, pardon me. Uh, breaking and Electric. Uh, pardon me. Ninja Three and Breaking Two are both out in '84. Yeah. See, it says here Breaking is '84 as well. So she had three movies out in one year, but <laughs> Breaking Breaking Two were, were were done after Ninja Three because Ninja Three was filmed in '82. That's interesting. Three movies in one year, and then not in and only, then only in one other f- real film in 1988, and nothing after that except for a, a unincredited TV movie role. How weird. Yeah, she quit acting, and she, she married. Uh, yeah, she, she married a guy funny. who's a part of uh, who does uh, Survivor. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she'd be prime a prime person to get for one of these horror cons. Oh, absolutely! I would love to meet her. 
But uh, we're going to talk about uh, this ninja and his shooter with the police and how crazy that was. Yeah, filled with just like hundreds and hundreds of, of bullets and nothing is happening. And that surprised me. I was like, oh, I didn't. Okay. Okay. That That's what this type of film is. Once gave me a headache because it was so oh, poorly choreographed and shot. <laughs> that whole fight scene. All of it. Why? Uh, it was so bad. I was just like, if I was 13 watching this movie, I may have dug it because I wouldn't understand how badly it was shot. This film is fucking awesome. I don't, I don't know what film you're watching, but this movie is fucking <laughs> awesome. No, it was so, terrible. The fucking golf cart escape. I was like, are you fucking serious? Dude, oh he crushed God. a golf ball with his bare hands. I was fucking amazing. And then he fucking sliced a, uh, a pool ball with a sword in midair. Yeah, yeah. No, that was later on. That was her. Yes, yes then, but so respectful. Yeah. Then they have her crush one, and you can tell that the crushed one is absolutely fucking hollow, while the other one was solid. Yeah, yeah. My my wife is like a huge '80s like fan, and she was cringing over this. You guys are really. Uh, harshing my my mellowness right now like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Seriously. it was no it was it was bad it was bad i love 80s movies and this was bad this had like got- every 80s like movie cliche on uh v- direct-to-video in it that how can it be an 80s movie cliche when it's still in 82 it's still eight years left in the decade this <laughs> fucking started it this is you the fucking started it. plug yeah that's right it's like all the other 80s movies went hey we could do this but we could do it you know better yeah it took it from ninja 3 that's right it's still in 80 fucking 2 <laughs> Oh, oh man! So you, you get the you get the crushing of the golf ball. You get he spit. He does like his spit gun into the nozzle of the dude's gun. Um, <laughs> like that's brilliant. Yeah, you know why he's a love it. So he's a ninja. Terrible. It was so tacky. Oh, Can we so mute tacky. him? <laughs> oh man, Mark has asked to um, vote you out of the discussion today, but oh, I didn't ask. I didn't pass. <laughs> oh man! You know what? Costas Mandalore is terrible. There. See there. We, exactly. Up. Ash's opinion oh. is moot anyway. If anyone is interested, we're looking for a third host for this interview. <laughs> uh, we give. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Anyways, I, and, movie. Okay, I, and I they they that. speed up the frame rate at one point to make the cop car look like it's going faster. I mean, yes. that's fantastic. Yes, I didn't notice that. Plus, so, so goofy. So at one point, okay. he, he claims I, it. I, I do have to give, there was one fight scene that I actually thought was really well done. And it's when they go to the abandoned house and they're fighting through that. Oh, that was cool. I, I like that. that. Yeah, I, I thought I really dug that whole fight sequence. I thought it was really well done until the cops show up for absolutely no fucking reason. Because how would they know they're in an abandoned fucking house in the middle <laughs> of nowhere? That's a valid question. Yep. <laughs> we'll have to watch on Blu-ray to find out the answer. <laughs> They only reveal that on Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, so so now his death scene, right? After yeah. s- after slaughtering a fucking police uh, department, like, he killed so many cops. But now, question is, and I put this in my notes here. Mm-hmm. So he's killing people for no... We don't know the reason why. Uh, right. But, you know, in a golf course, uh, you know, around dusk, I guess, because the sun seems to be setting. And now he makes himself known by the guy shooting a golf ball, you know, like in the rough. And he walks up and crushes the golf ball. But he's a ninja. 
So why would he not be all ninja and stealthy to kill these people instead of incurring the wrath of bodyguards and then a whole po- fucking police force? Well, because you That's have to set up the rest of the movie. He's the worst fucking ninja ever. That's why. <laughs> well, I don't think he's the worst ever. He died after about 150 gunshot wounds. Right. He was still able to transfer his spirit to a hot chick. So I think. <laughs> you know what, though? As the one other ninja says later on in the movie, only ninja can kill a ninja, and he just got killed by a bunch of fucking cops. So what's that say about him? But he didn't die. His spirit still survived. He was fucking dead. Yeah, the body. The body. Not, not the no, mind. I don't care about his fucking spirit. Fuck that. But that's what the whole thing's about, is the yeah, spirit of this ninja. The domination. <laughs> Anyhow. So. <laughs> what I loved in that, leading up to that death scene, was I, I was shocked because you get a motorcycle crash... And then mm-hmm. you get a cop car in the water, and then you get yep. another motorcycle that lands in the water. I mean, these stuntmen were, were pretty impressed. Like, I was impressed that they were willing to do this for what I assumed had to be a small budget, which is why I'm really disappointed I didn't get to hear what the budget was for this. Did they happen to mention that in the commentary track at all? No, I didn't hear a number. Damn. But not but I thought that, that was really also, cool. also the helicopter jumps. Yes, because yes, he, he yes. jumps the helicopter, puts a ninja star between his toes... And then kicks to stab a guy, the pilot, in the neck. Right. And then eventually another cop and himself both fall into water. And that's when yep. he does a whole blow dart through a bamboo yeah. lead. Like, yes. this movie's fucking and awesome. Then, and then after the pilotless helicopter flies off, we realize that they have switched over to a model because you can see the fucking wires holding the thing together as it Seriously. careens over a fake ground and crashes <laughs> could you i couldn't see i was actually i, I like the I helicopter crash i, I liked was, it as well there were there were little fucking wires between the uh the landing struts that weren't there on the actual helicopter but there on the model well hell i thought it looked pretty good still because that explosion so at the end i thought was pretty uh impressive i know yeah. it wasn't because obviously the the helicopter goes out of sight and then the explosion happens. i know it wasn't actually the helicopter crashing but Exactly. The explosion looked, looked like good. most movies, like uh, even the A team did that. You know, you never yeah. saw a fucking aircraft uh, exactly. you know, explode in midair unless it's you know uh, a model. But right. They always went behind a hill to explode. That's that's an eighties aesthetic. Yep. Yeah. That I Ninja Three that. set. I, it was just I I don't know why they decided to go with a because they did it that way. I don't know why they kind of it looked like they switched over to the model when they could have just had the because the way they were filming it, you couldn't mm-hmm. see the pilot either way. So yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> well, I guess they didn't realize that in 2017, you know, they had people with bionic eyes that could see everything. <laughs> you know. Oh, Ash's bionic eyes. Hey, you know what? Oh, Costas Mandalore is going to be closer to me in a week and a half than he <laughs> And I will still shun him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so I love the just the image of the ninja not even being dead yet, and just these like dozen dead police officers around him. It's like, how is it this one man being dead worth all of these dead police officers? It was just a a crazy image to me that that whole shot, and I like that. And, and that's the thing, you know. Then when they go to the police station, and then uh, um, and then uh, what's her name, Christy, she gets like interrogated by. Uh, by uh, one of the police officers, and then um, Billy shows up, and he's like, "Hey, you're kind of cute." I'm like, "Dude, half your fucking coworkers have died an hour prior. 
Right. And you're laughing. And, you know, that's one thing that kind of bugged me is like the, the tone of that scene was way too jovial for like so many policemen dying after, you know, going after a ninja. Like, why are you trying to pick her up? Your fucking partner died, you know? Right. So that was kind of weird to me. And another weird thing about him is he says, the two cops later in the film come up to him and say, don't forget about the funerals. And he says, I'll, I'll try to make it. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. I'll try to make it? Yeah, that's, that was that was a little weird to me, but yeah, no whatever. You got to you got to pour the story. Try to make it. He's like, yeah, he would be. I'll be there. Yeah, he was a really crappy cop. <laughs> One thing I noticed is he was a really hairy cop. That dude had black <laughs> hair, it shoulder hair, and hair all over the place. I'm like, good thing he didn't pour the V8 on him because he'd probably still be breaking <laughs> out of his chest, you know, 20 years later. <laughs> I would say almost 40 years now. Oh, man. Man, I, it struck me when, when she started climbing the telephone pole. I was like, is that really how people climb telephone poles? I was like, that looks fucking unsafe, man. Just the boot in with like the with the spike spike yeah i was like geez that's not safe well i think now they've got the little clips you know to actually like climb up those poles these days yeah. but I guess back then it was just a fucking you know wooden pole right right yeah i was uh loving the 80s aerobic gear i just oh, man dude i love perfect. that kind of stuff yeah it, when you say perfect, uh, I just bought, uh, I guess, a four-pack a few months ago of, like, summer movies. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Perfect with Jim Lee Curtis and John Travolta. Oh, okay. And it's an aerobics. I've never seen it. But I think yeah. she was an aerobic instructor. And I, I, I need to watch that. <laughs> when next time that the P's hit when I do Blue-Rays again, I got to watch P for Perfect because uh, that would be right up my alley. I just love 80s aerobics, uh, like, the style of it. Right. I don't know why. That's funny. It just clicks. <laughs> so, I, one scene I really liked a lot was the scene at her apartment, where her house, whatever, um, where the lasers are coming out of like the video game, the arcade cabinet. Yes, man, I thought that was really cool, and I like that's another one I imagine would pop even more on uh, in high def than it did on on the DVD I was watching. But I mean, it's just so. It's great visuals, and she looks crazy as fuck when she gets the sword that floats to her. Um, it's a clear <laughs> character change. It's clear that a character change has occurred, and her makeup—it's a lot thicker um, than well, than it was in the past. Like, got, like a paler face, and she got the she's got like the uh, the uh, I guess uh, Oriental like. Uh, uh, under under lining of the of the eyelid like yeah. the, the ninja had you know right exactly um, yeah it's right I know I was trying to, like yeah. I I see what you're talking about like in her eyes they made it look more like what we saw in the ninja earlier and I was exactly. like a very clear change and now she's like about to kick ass which is the part i was like waiting for the entire time and her first fighting scene is fucking fantastic with the she crushing the pool ball and slicing the other pool ball in half i like i just i enjoyed that yeah and what i like too uh is like you know she does the whole like there's the light coming out of the closet yeah and it makes again it it reminds me of poltergeist also Mm -hmm. reminds me of this 80s movie called making contact oh Uh, okay this toys i think it was or something hmm. but just the whole 80s look of like the the, the shiny light bleeding through like the the, uh, the closet doors you open it and then there's the wind gusts and the oh i i just i just dig that and yeah. they do it a few times in the film and i'm like oh this is so great right 
and you know, of course, I don't have bionic eyes, so I can't see, you know, what, the bad of it. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Did you see strings on the sword? I, I, I did see strings on the sword. Did you? I didn't. I did. See, maybe I you did do have bionic eyes. eyes. I, well, I have glasses. I actually could not see the strings on the sword, but again, we were watching the DVD, so maybe the Blu-ray is different. Yeah, yeah, you, you could you could tell, but that's okay. I didn't. <laughs> You know, I, but I, I, you know, I like the kind of stuff because it's not CGI. Like this exactly. whole movie, there's no CGI because there's no fucking CGI back in those days. You know, uh, wasn't so there, the there stunts, was something? There was something weird at the end that surprised the hell out of me. It looked like CGI. Uh, like when the is that what it is? Okay, I, it's like Ghostbusters. That's just hand drawn animation. Okay, yeah. Because I think Tron was 82, right? So it filmed around the same time. So like Tron had like some of the first CGI. But prior mm-hmm. to that, it's just the animation on top of uh, live action. Yeah. Um, th- uh, what was I going to say? The um, I love that uh, she talks to the psychiatrist. And I like that the psychiatrist notes that she has a preoccupation with the Japanese culture. I thought that was pretty uh, funny. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Because <laughs> uh, she doesn't really like talk about it anything that would make us think that and so it's just a nice add-in from the psychiatrist mm-hmm. now um the second death that she does with the police officer with the mustache okay you know the one with the hot tub yes okay yeah that's what i thought you were talking about yeah <laughs> how cool was that guy oh man that was so <laughs> funny i popped oh. like oh he's so sleazy sleazy police officer <laughs> i know with the mustache and the glasses yeah the Two hot women. tub with the ladies. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote this down even. So you're with two ladies in the hot tub, right? Mm-hmm. She comes to join you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, babe. I, I just, you can't be part of this right now. My hands are already full. And I would laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know what you guys would do, but that would be my response. You know? Oh, man. Three of them, three is a party, four is a crowd. I don't need a crowd. You know? <laughs> Oh gosh. That guy was so dirty. I loved him. He was yeah. great. Oh. I love the way she she took him out with that ring that she pops open to reveal like a pin basically and just with, with poison. One touch. Yep, right. With one touch and uh gets him down. That was so cool. Uh That's so for the girls, especially the one in the white uh, in the white bathing suit. Mhm. Again, I watched in Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I really liked the spa scene. I thought that was just really well done, really fun. Uh and just the way she takes out the two girls. Uh, I think she what she she uses the poison on one and then strangles and drowns the other. Even though yeah, the girl's screaming while she's being strangled. That <laughs> <laughs> always cracks she, me up, but she scrapes one and then uses like the uh yeah, she does the strangling on the other. Yeah. Uh bystanders. Just fun death scenes. I you know. Yes. Fun this season and fun movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I <laughs> this, this was so stupid, but it made me laugh. When the um I I called him the one-eyed ninja. I don't know. I have no idea what his name was. I don't know. That's but. a Shokasugi. He played a lot of Japanese uh, ninjas in uh, okay. in other American uh in other American ninja films. Gotcha. Like the movie Pray for Death that I watched. Yeah. He was the main character in Pray for Death. Okay. Okay. You know, with that arrow film I I, I reviewed yep. uh, for my challenge. Yeah. Right. So he's he, he was one of the guys when it came to like ninja films in the U.S. Okay. Very good. I didn't know that. Um. Okay. So when he comes in, he's like taking down guards or whatever to try to get into the facility, and um, 
I think, oh, it's to get into the the morgue, right? The to morgue. take the body. Yeah. And so at one point he walks in and there's the two like white dudes standing there and he like calls them over and they kind of look at each other and he calls them over again and then like bonks their heads together and knocks them out. <laughs> Why is this so still so funny? I don't know, but man, it made me fucking laugh. It was so stupid, but it was funny as hell. It was his Three Stooges moment. For yeah, the exactly. You know? oh. That's the thing too with that scene is like, why is he attacking the security guards outside? Just It's a morgue. Just walk in. <laughs> like, are you not able to just walk in? You know? He's a ninja, just, dude. He doesn't do anything easily. Yeah, but for ninjas, these guys are just, you know, out yeah, in yeah. the open attacking. You know? Right. And I like that. That's when we find out what this guy is actually doing because he's, you know, out for revenge, which we didn't know until a couple seconds later because he does like a flashback scene where how of why he's the one-eyed ninja and not the two-eyed ninja. Yes. But – oh, can, this is just a technical thing kind of just for my own general knowledge as a human being. Um, can okay. anyone tell me what the hell that metal thing was on the top of her refrigerator? Because I've seen them before, but I have no idea what it is. It like spins. It looks like almost like a crown – Anybody tell me what that is? You're all are older. Maybe you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, it's it's like an air uh, air vent. The, okay. Now, now it's on the fridge. I think it's there just as a decoration. But oh, it would be okay. on roofs of people's houses. It's like it's like yeah, a, it's, it's like a vent. It goes. That's actually supposed to be on uh, buildings, isn't it? Like outside yeah. of buildings to keep animals. Out that's where I've seen it. Okay. Oh, so it was just a decoration. Okay. Yes, yeah. uh, it wouldn't be on the fridge. It would do nothing for the fridge. Gotcha. That's okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> I was like, "What? What is that?" I've always seen it, but I was like, "What? What is it?" I don't know. Okay, good. See, now I'm a better person because of today's episode. So thank you. Oh. Yeah. Um. So talking about kind of getting into that last fight scene there, or leading up to it, I guess. Um, I love the part where she kicks the motorcycle's helmet, or the motorcycle cop's helmet. And it shatters. I thought that was so cool. I don't know why, but I thought it was awesome because, like, the helmets are obviously very, uh, you know, they can sustain crashes at 90 miles an hour, you know? So, for her to do that was awesome. Again, you know, it's just, it's ninja skills. Yeah. And, I, and the, I know. And the leaps over the barbed wire fence. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Well, you know, what was also funny in the earlier fight scene in the cemetery where yeah. he, you know, he kicks a cop and he just goes through his tombstone. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't like bounce yep. off the tombstone. He cracks yep. and goes through the tombstone. Crumbles like, it. Yeah. Ninja magic. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, and then the way that the one-eyed ninja takes care of the three cops in the car. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. great. He's like, I think, I just think, I think they're just sleeping and then takes his gun. <laughs> oh man. Ash, how are you not loving this? I just don't get it. <laughs> I that sequence was fun. I will give yeah. it that. Like some of the best sequences dealt with the one-eyed ninja. So yeah, oh, sure. I liked him definitely. Yeah, yeah. he he was he was a brighter spot on a dismal '80s direct-to-video film that should have gone direct-to-video. <laughs> I, another thing that made me laugh was just this temple. And the kind of it felt like in the middle of fucking nowhere, in the what was it like Arizona desert or something or it was yeah. a desert of some sort. And there's this, this Japanese temple in the middle. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but well, the stupidest things made me laugh, and that was another one of them. And it's funny because that temple had like a rope, a rope bridge. Yes, you know? I guess yep. I guess it is for training because they're training warrior monks there, right? So it makes sense, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of 
when you had like that little that little wooden bridge, and then you had the, the, the bamboo with the spikes, and then you had the the rope yep. bridge, and it's, it looked like fun. <laughs> I know it's like a jungle gym. It's not a rope bridge. Mm. <laughs> um, another shot that really stood out to me, I thought was fantastic, was um, when the one-eyed ninja walks in on Chrissy kneeling in front of the dead ninja. Uh, like the dead one from the beginning, the, his body. Um, yeah. The light shining through the plate glass window was just perfect. It's kind of like, like green and red and, and white coming through there. And then the dolly shot pushing in as the ninja, uh, the one-eyed ninja walks up and then turns with him to see that uh, that lighting effect and everything. Oh my God, what a beautiful shot. In, in, in this movie, I just didn't expect to be uh, blown away by shot selection, you know, by the use of lighting, by just the cinematography in general. Just wouldn't expect that. This is why Canon films are so well revered to this day, right? For the most part, some of us don't like them, but mm-hmm. um, you know, they're just they're, they're fun, and there's a technical craft to them as well. Yeah. So the fireballs had to be animation too, then, right? The fire, uh, yes. Okay. So yeah, there's those two bits of animation which. Just startled me a little bit, I guess, because it was the first, I feel like the first time we saw that and uh, completely different than anything else we'd seen up to that point. So, it was a little yeah, startling. But. When they infect all the monks and he shoots those orange balls. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all That's all uh, animation. Yeah. Um, so, at the very end, it cracked me up. So, Bobby and Chrissy, they just, they turn into these spectators, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Watching the two ninjas kill each other from the sidelines like they were watching a tennis match or something. And then, as soon as I wrote that down, Chrissy runs up and just stabs the the already dead ninja, his body. Um, and then, uh, he like drills himself into the ground, which I thought was just ridiculous and made me laugh <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> no, it really was. Um, and then probably the most brutal aspect, the most brutal shot in the entire film to me is the knife through the top of his fucking head <laughs> to kind of finish him off. Um, man, that was brutal. Well, you know, the first time they uh, brought this film to the uh, ratings board, it got an X rating. Oh. Glorifying violence. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and on top of that, too, I guess during the exorcism scene... I was reading that. Yeah, they actually had a, a spinning head for her. So mm-hmm. she was going to rotate her head like the exorcist, and they had to take that out as well. Man, the director oh, man. couldn't remember whatever else they had, but uh, it was that scene, It was the uh, and it was the uh, glorifying of violence that uh, the ratings board didn't like. Because you give it an X rating, there's no nudity, there's very little swearing in it. Mm-hmm. Like, does that, does that deserve an X? That's ridiculous. I know. It'd be, like, it'd be PG here in Canada. Right. I was surprised that we didn't see any nudity, especially when like the V8 scene happened. I thought for sure we were going to see something there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we got to see it like, like you know, she took off her shirt from, right, from back. the back. Yeah. That, that luscious, that skin so, so soft. <laughs> yes. So pure. Oh, and then so covered in tomato and, and vegetable then, juice. Look, Full of tomato paste. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Oh, <laughs> did you did you guys catch Bobby's goofy ass smile as he bowed to the one eye ninja? Like they both bow after the fight. Did you catch no. his goofy ass smile? I thought it was the most ridiculous fucking oh. thing from Bobby in the entire film. Was just his oh, did, the notice. way he handled it. I was like, oh my god, what a dumbass. <laughs> oh, so funny. He was he was a bit of a goof in this film. Yeah, he really he is. Goes. Like he was, he was playing sidekick because really, the the you know the star of the film is Christy. 
Yeah. Which, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And especially since yesterday was, you know, International Women's Day. So we're presenting this movie, uh, this this podcast today for this week. And I think it's very fitting. Because she was Absolutely. a strong female character in this film. Absolutely right. What what fantastic timing that was not planned. Exactly. Just because we know in, inside. We don't exactly. We just know. Yeah. So we'll go on to talk a little bit. Um, uh, well, Mark, you'll go on to talk a little bit about the commentary track a little bit more if you want to, and then the AV quality. Um, but first, let's let's uh, give our final thoughts and our star rating for the actual film itself. Ash, we'll start with you. Get the negative out of the way. And uh... oh, oh, yeah. Seriously, assume I'm going to be negative on this, huh? <laughs> I, I, I have a good feeling. Uh, you're right. Yeah. You know. All right. Now, if I was like still 13 and had rented this. I would have absolutely loved the shit out of this movie. Um, just just because. No, when I was 13, I would have been an idiot. It would have been, well, yeah, I could still watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have loved the hell out of it. Um, you know, but I don't know. It just, maybe it was the slew of other movies that I'd watched off of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Combined with, you know, all the little nitpicky shit I was doing as I watched it. But I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it. I mean, like, there were some scenes that were really good, and then others that just killed it right after it. It's just like, come on. Um, I I thought the writing could have been better with her. You know, maybe if the cop hadn't been such a pushy dick. I don't know. That might have <laughs> helped. Um, but, I don't know. Or if we went with Mark's theory, if they'd actually, like, you know, followed up on that, maybe. Uh, you know, if that was the case. But I think it was just really crappy writing. Um, so, I don't know. Um... I think I will give this a uh, one and a half out of four. All right. Not terrible. Not terrible. Below average. Not bad. Excellent. So, um, Mark, what were your, what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Ninja three? Um, I, I love this from start to finish. Obviously you're probably all well aware of that. Um, <laughs> I just, I just love these types of movies. You know, again, eighties, I'm an eighties baby. And, you know, I did not see this in theaters. I was only two when it came. Oh, actually, I was four. So I'd been five when it came out. But, uh, (laughs) you know, to me, there's a huge nostalgia factor just because they don't make movies like this anymore. You know, no CGI, all real stunts, squibs, no fake, you know, no computer generated blood. Uh, Like, to me, this is, these are films in an edited version I would have grown up on watching it at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday on like, you know, an ABC affiliate or something. Um, yeah, I, I just have, I just have a profound love for this type of film and this one with the supernatural because I wasn't a huge, um, martial arts fan, like all the Chuck Norris films and stuff like that and American Ninja. Back then, I wasn't into it. I have a great appreciation for it now. And especially this one with a supernatural twist, which is right up my alley with a fantastic uh, lead. Um, yeah, this just hit me in all the feels. Like <laughs> kids today would say, all the feels. Um, I give this a – oh, plus the soundtrack was pretty good. I give this a four out of four. Fantastic. So four out of four. You know, that's actually the first four star rating that any of us have given a film since, oh my, uh, in, uh, Inside. Really? Yep. Cool. I was, cause I was just going through the podcast arcs and I was, I was surprised that no one, none of us have given a four star film, uh, have given a, a film, a four star rating since we watched in the uh, home invasion arc when we watched Inside. Yeah, it's like it's not a perfect movie, but mm-hmm. it's my kind of movie. Right. So I, I give 
you know, it's my four star. It might yep. not be everybody's four star, but to me, it's it's just what I watch to be entertained. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so I mean. Uh- the first word I, I write down is wow. Um, it, Ninja three is a ride, man. That's for sure. Um, I actually fucking loved it for the most part. Um, it was a lot better than I was expecting. The acting I thought was solid throughout because everyone is playing it seriously, which I feel is so important in such a, an out there film like this. Um, some of the shots the director finds are just genuinely impressive. Um, his use of lighting and his visual effects. Uh, the story had me engaged throughout the entire runtime. It never felt like it, like it dragged at all. So the pacing was really spot on. The action scenes I thought were just a lot of fun to watch, and I loved seeing Kissy uh, Chrissy kick the cops' asses. That was just it. Just made for an enjoyable uh, ninety plus minutes, and it just reeked of eighties awesomeness. And I love it for that. So uh, I'm giving Ninja Three the domination three and a half out of four stars. Nice. Yeah, so um, due to our circumstances, Mark, you were actually the only one that got to do the uh, special features, which yeah. fortunately this month, uh, this week, there was only one special feature. Well, there's the theatrical trailer, but other than that, there was a commentary. Um, so anything else you needed to add or wanted to add about that or if you thought it was worthwhile or not? Yeah, you know, it really was worthwhile. Um, I was hoping there'd be some uh, some of the actors from the film, but there wasn't. Um, but, uh, Sam Fistenberg, the director, he made uh, quite a few Canon films. Uh, so I enjoyed his insight as well as Steve Lambert, the stunt coordinator. Um, he was actually really good in this commentary, had a lot to say on the stunts because this is an action film. He was actually a really good person to have. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I'm just looking at stuff that, um, um, that, uh, would be interesting. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, so Speaking of the house uh, action sequence between um, Ninja Christie and uh, Sho Suzuki, so Steve Lambert again, he did a lot of the Pratt Falls or Pratt Falls, a lot of the falls and a lot of the action sequences in the film. So he'd be in the same scene or in the same sequence. He'd be you know uh, Christie the Green Ninja, and then he'd be Sho, and then back and forth depending on what the action dictated. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he actually uh, broke. Or fractured a vertebrae in his neck, falling through the floor. Oh, jeez! One action sequence in the film. So what happened is that in the film, um, they fall through the floor, but uh, Sho grabs a pipe, so he doesn't actually hit the ground. Yeah, I remember that. But in the uh, in the sequence, he actually falls through the floor and hits an air cushion. But I guess the I guess the air cushion. Uh, was visible when it was fully uh, inflated. So the camera guy asked him to deflate it a bit. So he falls through and then he lands awkwardly uh, on his neck and he fractured a vertebrae. Wow. And uh, apparently in in the uh, same fight scene where um, I believe it's Christy jumping through a window at the end. No, it's show. He's dropping... He's... uh, Jumping through a window, I think it's caught by the cops. Um, he actually uh, cracked an ankle, so he hurt himself uh, twice, hmm. but still finished uh, the the whole film. He just sucked it up and uh, dealt with it. Isn't that Chrissy that jumps out the window? Because she jumps out the window, and yeah. then the other ninja walks out the door yep. to get oh, arrested. Oh, there we go. Then you're right. So it is Christy. So yeah. Okay. So wow. him dressed up as her, um, he cracked uh, he uh, cracked an ankle. Um, and as well, you, you, we didn't mention talk about it in the in the podcast, but one of the possession scenes, I think it's the third one, where she gets sucked into the closet 
or she starts getting sucked. Um, man, I don't yeah, remember. Cool. You know, it's a it's a third one. So the first one, she has the closet. The second one has the video uh, arcade where she gets the lasers in the face. And okay. the third one, uh, that's where everything starts to get uh, sucked into her closet with the light and whatever. Oh, and yes, she's yes. like trying to trying to not get you know caught into in the closet. Mm-hmm. Well, they actually filmed her uh, that sequence because the set was on stilts. So oh. they're able to bounce the scene to make her like so she's actually reacting to like the change in the into the in the floor, <laughs> and I believe they built that uh, that set. It's actually a rotating set because they use the same. I believe they use the same set in Breaking Two because there's a sequence where the break dancer dances on the walls on the ceiling. Oh, um, okay. So I'm thinking if it isn't that set, then it's a genesis of that set. So it's probably like a prequel of them actually building a rotating set. Right. But this one was tilting. So when she was actually falling into the closet, she was actually being tilted 45 degrees. So she was actually falling into the closet, (laughs) which I thought was kind of cool. Apart from that, all the other stuff was really – had mentioned already here. Um, Yeah, I talked about uh, that – Talked about yeah, uh, all the the highlights I wrote down we've we've mentioned so yeah, yeah. but but uh, definitely cool. a worthwhile commentary track it sounds like I really liked it yeah uh, again good. it was moderated um, so there wasn't very many dead spots in the in the film mm-hmm. um, so yeah I, I would suggest if you do have this uh, Cream Factory uh, Blu-ray totally listen to the commentary yeah um, so in terms of the audio video quality I I like I said I watched the DVD and I thought it still looked really good um, but the Blu-ray is presented in 1080p high definition widescreen 1.78 to 1 aspect ratio um, and does have a DTS HD master audio uh, stereo option um, the DVD is in anamorphic widescreen 1.78 to 1 aspect ratio with a Dolby digital stereo so um, what were your what was your hot take on the uh, Blu-ray um, transfer of the film for a film that's about what uh, thirty-five years old, yeah. I thought it looked fantastic. Good. I didn't notice any grainy, uh, any graininess in the picture. Um, again, I'm not, you know, a superstar when it comes to you know aspects and shit like that. Yeah, me but either. I thought, I thought it looked really good on my big screen. I thought it sounded really good in my sound system. Uh, I have no, I have no regrets buying this Blu-ray at all. Fantastic. So that's that's the the major question here uh, for those of us that do own it. Um, buy, skip, or wait for a sale. What is your uh, recommendation on Ninja Three: The Domination from this Scream Factory release? Ah, buy, skip. Um, well, definitely buy it. Um, that said, Scream Factory does release or does have uh, sales two, three times a year. Um, so if you want to save three, four bucks, you can wait for a sale. Um, I didn't. I bought it when it when it first came out, and I have no regrets on it. So it's a definite own. Uh, as for uh, when to buy it, that's up to your purse strings. But uh, again, they have this summer of uh, of fear sale the, uh, that happens uh, usually in what June, July, and they just had one in February uh, for Valentine's Day. So if you keep your eyes peeled to the Scream Factory website, uh, they have sales going on all the time. Yeah, and this one, I, I even having not listened to the commentary track, I say just the the movie itself. It's definitely a buy. Um, it's only fourteen dollars and seventy cents on Amazon US right now, so it's a pretty very recently priced uh, Blu-ray release from Scream Factory. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think it's worth the full asking price at this point. So, um, and Mark, do you happen to have the Blu-ray in front of you by any chance? I do. Open it up and look at that Trancers poster. Have you seen that? Transfers poster. 
on the back cover. Oh, see, Isn't that fantastic? It's, it's front, yeah, it's in front of my DVD, which I didn't pop out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I wonder where, where I they called it transfers. I know. That's what I'm – it oh, almost wow. looks like an, it's an Italian. It's Italian. Yeah, it's Italian. So there we go. Yeah, but oh, man, it looks cool. – it's a badass poster, man. And you it get is. those on the inside of the, the cover. Unfortunately, um, she doesn't wear that gimmick in the movie. I know. Exactly. Um, I would have enjoyed that. Actually, I do like the ninja one uh, bottom uh, right-hand corner with uh, show in the background with his eye patch. The, uh, the Japanese one. That yeah, looks it's really very cool. cool too. That looks really cool too. Yeah, so the point being that there's a lot of alternative um, posters for Ninja Three: The Domination that are worth checking out. They're very just cool if you like posters. Oh yeah, and if you're yeah, oh. if you're a poster fan, like you just go to any movie poster auction site and you'll see you know international uh, editions of like your North American posters, and the art yeah. is completely bonkers sometimes. Very I know, cool I love stuff. it. Very it's cool. Awesome. Um, do you remember how much you paid for this poster by any chance? Uh, the Ninja Three. Probably twenty twenty five, but I got it from a dealer at uh, Cinef- uh, Cinema Wasteland. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, I, awesome. I didn't pay. Uh, yeah, so I got it uh, in person. The guy had it. I picked it up. It was like twenty twenty five bucks. It wasn't expensive at all. Great, excellent. So let's uh, before we log off for the day, let's move over to the besting the backlog challenge. This will be round nineteen. Uh, of the challenge. So this, of course, is where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And just as a reminder, this feature, um, each one of us takes a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and picks one film that the other hasn't seen yet and challenges them to watch that film before the next podcast where they then talk about it. So for this week, we actually picked for ourselves again. So just as a reminder, Mark, you watched 1986's Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Ash, you did 2013's Dark Space, and I watched 1989's Robot Jocks. So, Ash, what did you think of Dark Space? Wow, that was a uh, huge waste of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be. Um, yeah, I, I recall last week mentioning that Netflix said that I would give it uh, one and a half stars. Yep, yep. It was right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually it would be like one out of four stars. Um, okay. It's uh, so Dark Space is about a uh, a group of friends ish uh, who decide to take spring break on Centauri Five. Only they decide to get there a little faster, fuck with the shuttle, and it crashes on an alien planet, and then they start getting m- murdered. Um, oh my, it sounds fucking awesome. I'll say that. <laughs> would be if they'd had any kind of budget. <laughs> okay. Um, there's like two, uh, or, yeah, or better writing, because like, right off the bat, the first two guys you meet, complete assholes. It's like, <laughs> I want to see these two guys die. Right. I, I want to see them die now, and it doesn't happen until later in the movie. So it's just like, come on, anytime now. And then the guy I did like, you know, it's like, oh, great. Yeah, he's going to be one of the first ones to die. Oh, look. <laughs> uh, and, and the actors weren't terrible, but they weren't great. It wasn't a well-written movie. The the set that, like, they, they filmed most of it on location uh, out, out in the woods because they cr- crash on this, like, wooded planet. Um, so that looked good because they're on location. The shuttle set looks like something I could assemble in my backyard out of, like, parts from Home Depot and, like, my video game controllers. 
Um, <laughs> it looks cheap. I mean, really fucking cheap. Hmm. Um, and then they enhance it with, like, CG around, like, some of the sets are just completely CG, but it's, like, in Once Upon a Time when you can just fucking tell that it's CG. Um, it, it, I don't know. Um, so the effects weren't great. I did like the alien design, um, and the actual armor of, um, there's, like, some mercenaries they feature in the movie that, uh, uh that were, are wearing armor, and it looks absolutely fantastic. I did like the mm. armor design. So that was cool. Uh, but it's just, it, it, it's like, you could see everything coming. Everything was telegraphed. It's like, yeah, you know what's gonna happen. And it's just like, alright, whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't great. It was just, it was kind of awful. So, <laughs> that yeah. sucks. Yep. One out of four. Alright. Well, hey, you win some, you lose some, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was when it had like a three on IMDb, and yeah, you're saying so. Well, I'm not surprised, but disappointed for sure. So, uh, Mark, how was Manhunter? Oh man, it was great. Good. Um, yeah. Um, again, I had never seen this, obviously, and this uh, Scream Factory Collector's Edition is packed with stuff. I only watched the film this one time, um, but it comes with the theatrical cut and the director's cut. Um, which I should have read the back, uh, because director's cut, not rated in HD with standard de uh, definition inserts. So I guess the four minutes of additional material, uh, was in standard def and the rest was in high def. Oh, okay. I thought maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me at first because I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'm watching too many films or I should blink more often because mm -hmm. it goes like one shot, it would be in high def and then it would like do the uh you know two guys talking it would look to the other guy and it was in standard death and like what the fuck just happened is my, is my team <laughs> crapping out on me oh, uh, yeah so the the film so this is i guess the first hannibal lecter movie but it's the one without anthony hopkins um so it is um brent cox who plays uh hannibal lecter and uh, it, th this feels like it's a movie based on a book series where it's like the third book in the series and you haven't there's no movies on the first two books, you know, <laughs> because like, so, so, um, William Peterson from CSI, he plays a uh, Will Graham. He's a, an FBI profiler. And I guess he's a former FBI profiler because he, uh, was able to capture Hannibal Lecter, but at a cost of his own personal sanity in a way, because I guess he tries to get into his head so much that he was starting to think like him. So he retired from the FBI. Now there's this new killer and they uh, ask him to come back. Because they need his help because he's killed two families and he's going to kill a third because he follows the lunar cycle, blah, blah, blah. Um, so right off the bat, like, I didn't know anything of this film. I just knew I had to get it. So I bought it. This is Scream Factory and I trust them. Um, but it's got, so it's got William Cox, uh, pardon me, Brian Cox, William Peterson, Joan Allen's in it. Um, Tom Noonan, uh, who you might know from Robocop 2. He plays, uh, the drug dealer who creates Nuke and then becomes the other robot. Um, Dennis Farnia is in it, uh, which, you know, you'll know from like any, you know, 90s, 2000 gangster film. You know, like, <laughs> he's in Get Shorty. He's awesome in Get Shorty. Hmm. Um, oh, and Stephen Lang's in it. A young Stephen Lang. Like, I'll be honest. I've only known Stephen Lang as a, an actor since Avatar. Not familiar with his previous work. In this movie, he's got like this burgundy pompadour-ish like fluffy haircut like 
I couldn't recognize him. And I, I told Melissa, I'm like, Melissa, that's the guy from uh, Don't Breathe. And she's like, oh, my God. He's so young in this film. Again, but this film's like 86. So it's, it's you know, it's uh, 30 years old. 20 years, 30 years old. Anyways, you're 30 years old. Um, <laughs> yeah, math there for a second. Right, it's a um, bitch. Yeah, so, and it's a Michael Mann film. So it's an excellent crime drama. I did get a little confused at some points. Um, maybe it's because I was doing googly eyes to my girl. And I just, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so um, the the movie is is pretty decent. Um, everybody has a great part. Like it, it's a solid film. Um, oh, the soundtrack is fucking mint. There's one scene where Tom Noonan is uh, making love to Joan Allen, and then this song hits. I'm like, fuck! I have this song on vinyl. They had fucking Shriekback in the soundtrack. They got two Shriekback songs. It's a new wave uh, '80s band. Awesome though. Um, yeah, I, I, I really dug this and I want to, I, I'm not a special features guy and I kind of want to dive into this movie more. Um, it's got a whole bunch of interviews. Um, and then there's actually on the uh, theatrical uh, disc, there is a, the music of Manhunter with uh, the composer and, uh, ah, and Barry Andrews from Shriekback. How cool is that? So, who shit. There's actually quite a bit of uh, interviews on the music here. So, Obviously, I recognize that it was actually a really good soundtrack um, and in the special features, which I'm pointing to it, which you can't see because it's audio. <laughs> uh, like, like, if you look here, guys, right? Um, yeah, the music is a big factor in this film. It, it's mint. Um, so this came out in 86. I think Mammy Vice came out, started in 85, 84, 85? 84, 84, 84, yeah. So this is prime, like, Mammy Vice time. And you can see it. it. It's like Miami Vice, the movie, without the Miami Vice guys. Like, it looks Miami Vice. Even to a point where I noticed <laughs> the lamp. I'm like, well, that lamp looks like something from Miami Vice. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's got an aesthetic, which makes sense because he was the exec- executive producer on the show. Hmm. Um, and then looking um, at uh, more special features, there's, uh, yeah, there's a commentary with Michael Mann, who also uh, wrote the film. Uh, fuck it. yeah there's a lot of special features um so i would love to go back once i'm done this stupid challenge this year uh <laughs> to actually look at movies more than once and then uh, revisit them and get more out of them right yeah <laughs> that I one is loaded yes but i can't because we are already in march and i've got about another 100 movies to watch exactly. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't have time um <laughs> that said though I, I i recommend this release as well um I would give this an easy three out of four. Easy three out of four. I'd probably give it more, but I'd probably want to give this another rewatch. Okay, very good. So you gave it a three out of four, then you said, fantastic. And it, it's a strong three out of four, almost yeah. three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Very good. Well, I'm glad you liked that. I'm definitely going to check it out because I own that same release and I know it's packed. And so I definitely want to check it out because I've not seen it myself either. Yeah. Brilliant. So. Yeah, so I chose um, Robot Jocks from 1989 for me this week because obviously I challenged Mark to pick something from Scream Factory that he hasn't seen, and so I did the same. Um, So this is a film that I've heard about um, from the Bad Movie Fiends cast or the Banff cast, which is um, run by uh, Chuck, or as you might know him on Twitter, Smarmy Jerkface, um, along with three other hosts, and they love this movie. Um, They love it so much, in fact, that they're – yeah. 
that their rating system is based on this film. So they'll either give it one to five douches for Twilight or one to five jocks for ones. So the douches, the ones they don't like and the one to five jocks are basically the, the good, bad movies that they watch. Okay. Um, so when it was announced for Blu-ray from Scream Factory, I was really excited to get it. Um, and then, so I bought it as soon as it came out and then like 99% of my collection, I put it in there and it sits for a long time. So, yeah. but it's, I think it's cause deep down, I always knew I to wait because I knew it would make a perfect Scream Factory 80s movie double feature with Ninja 3 The Domination. Uh, kind of lower budget 80s awesomeness. So um, Robot Jocks, it takes place in the future. It's like 50 years after the apocalypse um, and wars are outlawed. Um, so if there's like a fight for a territory, it's fought in a single like one-on-one count combat. But the uh, you know trick is that this combat is a is a man in a or a person in a giant robot and so it's these two giant robots that are fighting it out these two jocks in these giant robots that are fighting it out um and basically to the death as far as i could tell um and so we're specifically following the story of one jock who um in his the opening fight he risks his life to try and save uh, some of the spectators um during what should be his last fight um and he tries to retire afterwards, but of course there is a girl who is going to complicate things for him, a romantic interest. So um that's basically what it's about. So the relationship aspects of this film are just cringeworthy in, in how bad they are. Um but aside from that, I thought the story was a, a hell of a lot of fun. Um, once the giant robot action starts up, it's a really, it's a blast to watch. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but the, the relationship between those two is just, it's just so ridiculous and bad 99% of the time. If you look past that, you have, you have a really enjoyable film here. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's definitely an acquired taste, I feel. Um, and it has that kind of that same 80s chauvinism that Ninja 3 had. Um, but if you, again, if you look past that, it's, it's definitely a solid low budget sci-fi film. Um, and it's another one that definitely earns its cult following. Um, the ending wasn't quite what I was expecting, but I mean, it doesn't hurt the film at all. I just didn't expect it to go in the way that it did. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Um, and this one is actually directed by Stuart Gordon, which. Really? Yeah, which if you guys know, I like earlier I was I watched like Dolls and From Beyond, and um, I think there was another one that I watched previously. Um, just kind of early Stuart Gordon, and this I think was the next in his list, and so I'm kind of making my way through it uh, just by chance, I guess. Uh, but um, in it. There's actually a I I was like what the fuck like Jeffrey Combs is in it in a very small like bit part it's a little bit bigger than a cameo because he actually has you know dialogue and he's in a couple different scenes but he basically plays like one of the spectators that are outside the uh, event and uh, like gambling on the uh, fight which was it was just so fun to see him in there and just didn't expect to see Jeffrey Combs at all so I thought that was really cool uh, but I mean I definitely recommend this one if you haven't seen it and you're in the mood for that low budget uh, kind of like Pacific Rim style film which <laughs> obviously reminded me of Pacific Rim a lot um, but it's that with a different story and 80 special effects around it so uh, I give Robot Jocks three out of four stars um Ash, you, what, what did you give this one when you saw it? I know you like it. I love this movie. Um, back in the uh, old VHS days, um, 
the uh, uh, I used to rent RoboCop and this on alternating weeks, like every week. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, I am. That's nerd. awesome. That's a fantastic double feature. Yeah. So, but yeah, they. Uh, no, I I love this movie. I I loved the the um, mechs, the uh, the the robots, the, the yeah. Uh, the the model work in the film is fantastic because yeah it is really good. It, it's one of those movies where you you're not you're pretty sure you're watching a model, but at the same time the way they filmed it it looks pretty fucking good. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, especially for their budget, considering I've seen some like behind the scenes shots. They actually filmed it in a desert, um, like the salt flats. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> with like like they had like a small mini set set up, like sitting just above it and everything. Oh, it was it's hilarious. So looking for the behind the scenes stuff on that is great. Uh, That's but, cool. Yeah, I don't keeping in the tradition of talking about special features because we are on Scream Factory. I don't have it in front of me, but I know there. I th- believe there was two commentary tracks and multiple uh, like featurettes. So another one that's uh, very good in terms of the Blu-ray itself, and the Blu-ray looked fucking awesome. So cool. Uh, but yeah, I. I honestly, I've rewatched it like more recently. Yeah. I, I, if you'd asked me, like when I when I first started watching it back in the late when it first came out, like early '90s, late '80s, whatever, uh, there on mm-hmm. that time, um, I would have given it a four out of four then. But from now, I'd probably get a solid three. Yeah. Definitely. What about you, Mark? You've seen this one, right? I think so. Oh, no. okay. It's been a while. Is it Robot Jocks and Robot Wars, or is it Robot Wars and Robot Jocks? Robot Jocks think... came first, and then yeah. Robot Wars was like a pseudo-sequel. And right, that's Robot what I heard. Wars was not nearly as good. Okay, which one's the one with the soap opera actress with the with the lips? You know, with the plump lips, Lisa something? Is that Wars or Jocks? Mm, that um, No, this actress didn't have plump much of anything, I think. So it's probably got to be the other one. Okay, because I remember loving Robot Wars, or at least... <sighs> Give me two seconds here. Okay, Jonathan. Okay, Barbara Cramden's in Robot Wars. Okay. Oh, I've she seen, is? Okay. I think I've seen both. Um, this is not the same film. This is not Jonathan Price. No, that's a TV show. Shit, those Robot Jocks and Robot Wars. Are you talking about Lisa Rinney with the lips? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay, Arena. Which one is she in? She's in Wars from okay. 93. It's, a, okay, it's only a 69-minute movie. <laughs> oh, my God, that's short. So I remember watching Wars as a kid. I think I watched it once. I really liked it. Then I saw Jocks in the last few years, and I didn't like it. Oh, no. Um, Because it wasn't like the Lena Rainey one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd have to watch them back to back or like closer together. Right. But uh, yeah, I think because of what I remembered as a kid, I didn't like Jocks as much. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think in in wars it's really it's corporations fighting like almost like mech warrior. Oh, like okay. So I think I was more into that when Jocks is more or less like oh we got to build this mech and blah 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 you know so yeah I remember liking wars more than Jocks, but a lot of time has passed between both viewings. Right. Very good. Excellent. So for next week, Mark, you are going to pick for Ash. Ash, okay. you're going to pick for me, and I'm going to pick for you, Mark. Um, so I'll let you guys look at what you're picking, and I'll go and let Mark, I'll let you know what you're watching. So okay. um, continuing on through that Larry Fessenden set, this one actually looks really good. <laughs> I'm going to have you watch 1995's Habit. Okay, perfect. This one, it looks pretty cool through uh, when I was looking at it, like, you know, the poster and the, the, uh, 
a synopsis. It sounds like a good one. Hopefully, it's better than No Telling. I hope so, too. Yeah. Again, No Telling wasn't bad. It's just it was right. what I, I assumed it might have been. So yeah. I'm going to walk into Habit blind. I'm not going to read Perfect. anything about it. Yep. I'm just going to go and pop it in. Excellent. So, Mark, what's Ash going to watch for next week? Oh, well, you know what? I've got a few here. Um because of his because of his uh, bionic eyes, I think he's able to withstand some some decent <laughs> decent block. Absolutely. So according to what I have on his on his list, I think Nazi Temple of Doom sounds right up his alley this week. Nazi? What the fuck is that? Nazi Temple of Doom. Oh, I have no clue what that is. Hang on. Hang on. I have no clue what that is. But if it's on Netflix, I have alternatives. It sounds uh, fantastic. Nazi Temple of Doom. It is a documentary. Really? Oh, yeah. It, it's not as uh, exciting as you think. No, it's not. Okay, I'm going to switch it. <laughs> because, again, yesterday... Oh, yeah, it's only a 45-minute like made-for-TV documentary. So, yeah, oh, we'll switch. that noise. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to give you a fucking flick to watch. Okay. <laughs> so, um, because it was International Day of the Woman yesterday, I'm going to have you watch The Girl King. The Girl King? Yeah. I've never, do you know that one, Mark? Or are you just no idea. It? Okay. I'm just picking up the title. Yeah, it's I have funny. never heard of that one either. I added this one. Uh, cerebral International Biographical Drama. It's Swedish. I, no I added this one. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but that's Oh, my God. <laughs> this does, and it's almost two hours. Ooh, this is going to be a oh, fun one for you. Good. I'll be sitting <laughs> on the couch and hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. All right. So that is The Girl King from 2015. So, Ash, what do I get to watch for next week? All right. Well, continuing our 80s trend, you yeah. are going to be watching something featuring Ellen Barkin, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd, Clancy Brown, John Lithgow, and Peter Weller. Oh, oh, you said him a, that's awesome. The it sounds fantastic. The Bonsai, bitch. Oh, yes. Good. I brought it and haven't watched it, and I'm so excited to finally see this movie. Oh, I love that movie. I yeah, bought I the, the movie Shout so Select weird. version. And Ooh. just remember, it's a sci-fi comedy. So, you know. <laughs> oh, it's it's fucking awesome. I have the poster, too. Fantastic. Let me know how that Shout Factory or Shout... Uh, shout Select, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Streets, Streets on Fire of Fire is coming out. I kind of want to get it. I might wait for a sale, though. But uh, okay. man, they've got some sweet films in that sub-category. Uh, sub, uh, yeah, definitely. Out of curiosity, just because I was listening to the um, scream, uh, the screamcast the other day, and they were talking about how they recently rewatched uh, Red Dawn. Actually, I think Brad, who was talking about it, hadn't seen. He realized that he hadn't seen it from beginning to end, and how he just—it's not a good movie. But I have only watched it from beginning to end within maybe the last couple of years, maybe few years, four years, whatever. Um, and I really like that movie a hell of a lot. And I'm not normally like, I don't normally like, like outright uh, America, fuck yeah things. But I feel like this one, I don't know. I just really liked it. Do you guys, have you seen Red Dawn and what were your thoughts on it? Wait, the remake or the original? The original. I have seen it. Uh, way back when. Okay, like, you I haven't seen it, it recently? No, I watched it like one time, like when it first hit VHS, way the fuck back when. Okay. And I remember not liking it. Oh, okay. 
Um, but I was really, I was young at the time. Yeah. And I, it, so I don't know if that's part of it or if mm-hmm. it's just, it, it seemed really low budget and I just was not interested. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then I, I did like the remake, so I don't know. Yeah, actually, I didn't. I, I thought I was going to hate the remake, um, but I thought it was surprisingly decent. Yeah. Um, what Have you seen that one, uh, Mark? Yeah, I've seen both. Um, I, I didn't like the remake that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the original better. Again, it's more campiness, though. Yeah. You know, oh, it's a young Patrick Swayze. Oh, it's a young Ralph Macchio, mm-hmm. you know. Um, is it a good movie? Oh, I liked it, but I wouldn't say it's a good movie. Okay, so you're you're basically uh, you guys are kind of falling on the same page as he was. Fair enough. Yeah. I just was curious because I I still think it's a good movie. I I don't know why. I guess and I guess it's been long enough, like a few years, that I can't specifically say, oh, this is why. But I mean, that opening scene is just kind of unforgettable to me with the um. The like the whoever they're fighting, I can't even fucking remember. Uh, is that who it is? The Russians, whatever. Yeah, they they come down with the parachutes and just start shooting up the school. I mean, man, you, you wouldn't get anything like that nowadays, you know. And it's just memorable. Well, they they tried in the sequel or the remake. Of course, they had to change it to I think it was China that they picked. I think I thought it was Korea. I can't even remember that Korea, either. Okay. I feel yeah. like it would make sense if it was Korea. Yeah, North Korea. And then they also did a, a video game, isn't it Homebound that they tried to do, which was like a you know a Call of Duty, but uh, oh Homefront, sorry Homefront, yeah, home where it was like an attack on Homefront shores. I yeah. loved Homefront. Yeah, I just love that story. I think that's what gets me. Like that, hopefully, it, it, story that will never story. happen. But it's an yeah. interesting story for me. Yeah, I think it's a good story. Um, yeah. I just the movie itself. I'd have to rewatch it again. I know yeah. that's a shout select film as well. It is. Right? It just recently came out, which is why he watched it recently. Yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna. I own it on Blu-ray already. I'm not gonna buy the other one. That's the same transfer. There's no reason really. So I'm okay. not gonna buy it on Shout Select, but um, it is yeah. available there. I don't own it, so I'd probably buy it on Shout Select mm-hmm. just because just to have it. Um, but yeah, I'd have to watch it again. You know what? As I say that, I, I wonder. I might only own the DVD of that. I got to check now. I got to look. Got to look and see. Oh, but I see a green light coming. I know. Exactly. Anyway. All right. So I guess that'll do it for this week. Uh, we are going to be back next week with a review of 2001's Session 9 from Stream Factory. See this film if you haven't because I love – I cannot wait to talk about this. It's it's loaded with so much and so I'm excited to talk about it. Um, and also, if you guys have any questions for the three of us here at the podcast, please hit us up using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all those questions you'd like to have us answer here on the show. And we're going to do our best to answer all of them. So, again, make sure you tweet at us using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter – Give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK. And again, the first person who, uh, a new person, new listener, new winner, who has not called in previously, leaves us a voicemail with something. Uh, it could be a question of the week option, can be uh, a review of the podcast, can be a, a review of the films we're talking about, whatever. Leaves us something on that voicemail is going to win a prize, a uh, randomly selected assortment of Blu-rays or DVDs, whichever you need. I'll send out your way. Um, or you can email us at contact at for any of those question of the week options. And as always, if you guys like what you're hearing, please leave us those reviews on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us reach a larger audience, and that's always the goal when you're in the podcasting world. So we always appreciate you taking the time to leave those reviews. 
And just a reminder, you can reach us on social media in a number of ways. We love to interact with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following us on all three of those platforms. And also, Ash, where else can we find you online? I am on Twitter, D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E. Fantastic. And Mark, how about you? I'm on Twitter, but I don't I don't like Twitter, but I'm on it for now. Because <laughs> yeah. I get all my uh, Blu-ray deals. Exactly. Uh, so I should get off of it because my bank account's uh, hurting. But, Amen. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Mark with a C, underscore Nadeau. That's N-A-D-E-A-U. Uh, as well, I'm on Instagram at mnadeau 2 and uh, Facebook, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Keep on Instagram. I check that the most. Absolutely. And you can follow me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1, P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. And last but not least, please visit Cinefessions.com and vote on which film we'll review for week five of this Scream Factory arc. You can head on over Cinefessions.com and vote in the poll at the top of the right-hand sidebar. Can't miss it right there. Um, you can choose between Cat People, Cherry Falls, Dark Summer, or Terror Train. And remember, the poll for that closes on Sunday, March 19th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So don't miss your chance to vote. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the 83rd episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 